It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Quite possibly the biggest news of the day is that Joe Biden's got 8,500 troops on heightened alert. There's a plan for deployment of up to 50,000 troops into Eastern Europe, and we're going to war, baby. Well, I don't know if we're actually going to go to war, but a lot of people think that's where we're going to end up. Now, that's really, really important news, but that's kind of it. That That's where we're at with it. And so we didn't necessarily think it made sense to just lead with breaking news war. Let's talk about something else. So, you know, I'll mention it here. We are definitely going to talk about it because we have to get into the Biden administration and his failures. And uh, our lead story is actually that Biden was caught on a hot mic calling Peter Ducey a stupid SOB. He didn't say SOB, he actually said son of a bitch. And uh, wow, it was about inflation. And I think this story is important because it shows that Joe Biden, the Democrats, understand inflation is really bad because Biden made a comment about it being bad. And this says to me they know. They know that they they, they are uh, presiding over a disaster. And now we can see the emperor with no clothes. I know we've used that analogy 50 billion times. But we'll talk about that. We also got to talk about Barry Weiss on, on Bill Maher's show and the response to it. Not that I actually want to, to be honest, because I think, you know, my, my point I made on Twitter was that you and I, you, 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 all of you watching and the guests we've had on the show are having these conversations that Bill Maher is having now. We had them over a year ago. And so we need to start asserting ourselves. We can set the news cycle. You guys can decide what the news is. You can tweet about it. You can say, I don't care to talk about a show that's a year late to the party. It's still good. They're talking about it, though. So we'll definitely get into all that stuff. And I really want to talk about Matt Walsh on Dr. Phil. So we got all of those stories. Plus, we will be talking about war with with uh, in Eastern Europe. And joining us today. Oh, actually, before I, I announce our awesome guest, I just want to let everybody know that uh, Luke is not here. He has left. He got scared mm. because of everything going on. And, you know, it's, he's, he's not here <laughs> to defend himself over, over these over these charges. So that's just that's, that's a, that's a shame. But uh, joining us uh, as a replacement for Luke is none other than Anthony Fauci. This is bobblehead. There he is. <laughs> To say something Sitting there and you can see his head bobbling he back and forth i am the science yes. i am the science no we're hanging out with uh, delano squires thank you for having me guys. you want to introduce yourself man sure my name is delano squires um contributor for the blaze a uh, regular guest on fearless with jason whitlock appear twice a week write twice a week for the blaze we talk about everything culture politics faith and um glad to be here thanks for having me back yeah absolutely man second time here we're glad to have you for sure we got ian what's up everybody ian crossing in the house i I'm, i am sad that luke is gone he had to visit dagobah i believe that there was a jedi master <laughs> yeah. that he needs to get a little bit of training from um in the meantime though if you want to pick up one of these awesome shirts from the best political shirts.com and support luke rutkowski and we are change mm. do it do it do it, do it. Yeah, uh, I saw a comment in the chat saying that Luke was invading Ukraine. I hope this is not the case. My understanding is that he's going to Florida. So hopefully he's not causing trouble over in Eastern Europe. Luke looks like Bill Maher and he looks like Putin. I yeah. love it. I love weird? child, yes. true. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. That's awesome. <laughs> Ian's like, that's great. It's I just why so that is great. the history of Poland, man. Mm, I don't know. But they, they got that Polish blood in them. Mm -hmm. Those guys, that's, that's, I don't know, the Slavic or. Yep. Is Bill Maher Polish? I don't know. I bet he is. Maybe. And don't forget, support us directly over at TimCast.com. 
as a member, you're helping fund basically everything. We do have, you know, we are, we are ad supported to a certain degree, but for the most part, it is memberships that keep all of our writers employed. It keeps everything growing and expanding. And we are expanding and we're doing a lot more and we're going to keep doing more. But if you really want to help us out, you can just share this show right now. Take the URL, post it wherever you can. That's our marketing budget, asking you guys to just share this wherever possible. Smash that like button, subscribe to this channel. And now let's talk about Joe Biden caught on hot mic calling Peter Ducey a stupid son of a bitch for asking about inflation. You know, I don't know how many times I can say the emperor has no clothes. The New York Post reports. President Biden called Fox News White House correspondent Peter Ducey a stupid son of a bitch Monday after he asked about Biden. He asked Biden about soaring inflation. Wow. Do you think inflation is a political liability? Ducey asked Biden as the press was ushered out of an event in the White House East Room. Now, I don't think I think it's fair to say Biden didn't realize he was actually responding. I think he thought the mic was off or whatever. Hmm. He says, no, it's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. Biden sneered into a hot mic. The president's vulgar insult was cut from the White House video feed, but was audible on C-SPAN. Ducey's question about inflation came after a Fox News poll released Sunday, found that 85% of Americans are worried about inflation, which hit a 40-year high of 7% in December. Now, look, Joe Biden, this is a great question from Peter, from, from Peter Ducey, because Joe Biden is presiding over massive inflation. Mm. If he was actually pressed on this, in an open setting, not, you know, Peter Ducey like walking out of the room, all the reporters are yelling. Right. Joe Biden would have to, have to deflect or defend rampant inflation. Or say, yeah, it is, what is, what was the, the phrasing? Is it politically? A political liability. For him to say, yeah, it is a political liability, but you gotta understand it's bigger than the presidency. Like he could be honest about it. I suppose. Good luck. But well, he wouldn't. Would have been cool. Jen Psaki wouldn't. When Joe no. Biden questioned the legitimacy of the midterm, Jen Psaki claimed he was talking about Trump. Like, <laughs> what? You, what? No, Joe Biden said that. But here's why I think it's so important. Because you've got this from CNN, why inflation can actually be good for every, oh. everyday Americans and bad for rich people. Yo, I think regular people are, good, are just every day, it's a bucket of ice water thrown in their face. Oh, yeah. Because imagine you're somebody who's, you know, you're probably not that smart, to be honest, if you believe this stuff from CNN. And I think I'm saying that because I'm confident nobody who watches this show is stupid enough to believe the lies coming out of this inflation stuff with like inflation's actually good for you. But imagine you are somebody. Okay, I don't want to be too mean to these guys. Let's let's imagine, you're, you know, these people are ignorant. They read this story and they're like, oh, I get it. That makes sense. And then you hear Joe Biden call someone a stupid son of a bitch mm. for asking if it was a liability. And he said no. And you're like, wait, wait a minute. But, but, you know, CNN, these media outlets are telling me it's not, it's not bad. Why would Biden get so angry over this? Hey, maybe they're lying to you guys. Mm. Yeah. What do Something you think? about that tone, man? I mean, at the end of the day, whether viewers and readers are politically astute or not, when you go to the store, and a pack of bacon <laughs> that used to cost you six bucks now costs nine bucks, mm-hmm. and price of gas is going up. If price of eggs and milk, if you can even find them on the shelves, um, I think that's where most people feel it, right? They feel it in their pocketbooks. And a lot of the political debates that um, are popular in Washington, again, these pocketbook issues are really, I think, what drive voters, particularly if if they feel like the president is the one that's causing it. Right. If his policies are causing it then I definitely think it's a political li- political liability. And I think that's why he responded so sarcastically and saying, oh, no, it's, it's a great, it's an asset. Um, I think he knows. I've been feeling pretty good lately, you know, watching no watching Joe Biden gaff and like mm. poop his pants and kind of stuff like that. <laughs> mm. Because, you know, uh, when he says stuff like this, 
but regular people are experiencing the problems. It shows like, it's like you said, the, the debates in Washington, they're so out of touch with America. Oh yeah, for sure. So, like a few years ago, the way I described it was like, there's this giant maelstrom, this big whirlpool that we're all stuck in, but it's shrinking and spinning faster and faster and we're getting ejected from it. Like mm. regular people were getting thrown from the mainstream over having questions, being like, hey, I don't understand this this particular policy while you're doing it. Oh, you're far right. Get out. It's like, okay, I'm out. I'm gone. When Now it feels like the political the political elite and the establishment media types are in this tiny little section spinning in circles, screaming at the top of their lungs. Hmm. Nobody's there anymore. Hmm. Nobody cares about their debates or their arguments. They know it's all busted up. So I was I was actually going to ask you this. I was going to say, how long until the war in, in Ukraine with Russia makes everyone forget all about this? But no, that's why I said I've been feeling good because I don't think they will. Hmm. Mm. I think I think we're at a point where our generation are they're not going to be sucked up into the manipulation through war. You know what I mean? I saw this video of this girl. I think it was in England crying about the masks and what it had done to her generation. I don't yeah, know if you guys. This was devastating, and this is something every human I think should see this at some point. But I think that the trauma that's been imposed on people because of this COVID masking mandate stuff is no one will ever forget this. That this is now part of the human experience. To, to see mm. this happen to a society and, and God willing that we make sure it doesn't happen again unnecessarily. I'm hoping that that's the case. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I had a recent article in the blaze where I talked about COVID-19 has unleashed a new era in sort of American political and social life. So, you know, we obviously early on in our country's history, we had a new colonial period and civil war reconstruction, Jim Crow. I mean, Jim Crow civil rights, I call this the era of the God King. And I think the, as I call it, the unholy trinity of big government, big business, big media um, have completely inverted our political system. So instead of them seeing themselves as serving our interests, they see us as serving their interests. Um, and that's why they get so upset and so vicious whenever any of us have the audacity to, to question them. So it's no longer the consent of the governed. It's, no, we tell you what to think. Mm-hmm. Don't question us. As you said, if you do question us, oh, you must be all right. And it's just like, no, I just want to know why my two-year-old has to wear a mask while you guys go out and drink margaritas and, you know, go to Taibo maskless. Like, I think those are legitimate questions. But, I mean, you see this from Washington every day. And the craziest part of it is how many liberals, leftist, self-proclaimed progressives have lined up behind it. These last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Like, I'm from a generation, like, I look at sports where... The, the media, particularly sports media, would, 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 would reflexively take the side of players over 
over management, regardless of the dispute. But now you got guys like Stephen A. Smith is saying, oh, no, Kyrie Irving is a bad teammate. He's terrible. You know, and you have analysts on ESPN who I know will never question the narrative that's being, you know, pushed down from on high. And these guys are, are tools. Howard Stern, same thing. Oh, I mean, yeah, dude. It's like I, I used to watch Howard Stern show. I mean, hmm. this guy. I Did mean, he call Oprah fat recently? Ooh, he know. did. He doesn't like that. Those <laughs> crossed my mind. But, but it, it's it's it, it's funny how you know Howard Stern used to be edgy and anti-establishment. Yeah. Now he's he's he could not if 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 he licked boot more, <laughs> that, uh, he'd, be, he'd be getting to the foot. Yeah, he'd be like sure. he'd be licking the the, the straight foot because he's just getting right there. Yikes. He, he had, there was like Oprah had this party, mm-hmm. and then it was so against the establishment COVID narrative that he started mocking Oprah and going after Oprah. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, man, like. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty brazen to go after Oprah because hmm. she's like, you know, yeah. she's the queen of culture or was for a long time. So, in the see, so you can see where he he's finally found his line. Right. It's not, you know, chucking little people through the air. It's not, you know, getting strippers on TV to talk about the types of things they do in their bedroom. It's if you disobey Dr. Fauci's COVID, you know, mandates. <laughs> and you're a terrible person. You're a terrible American. And I hope you die. And it's like, where did all of this come from? I think he's a good example of like someone panicking. Um, yeah. It's, it's less about like, I'm angry. You're not following the mandates for him. It seems to be more. He's about, I'm afraid of getting sick. Right. And so he's like in this frazzled wild state yeah. of, of yelling at people to do what they're told. I don't know, man. Yeah. And See, I, but, but this, this goes against nature, right? No. Pack animals never put the most neurotic, most afraid, um, you know, sort of animal at the front. Mm. Those guys got to go to the back. But we're being led by the anxious, the fearful, the neurotic, um, the the docile, the gelded, and they're the ones telling everybody else w- mm. what needs to be done. Is this because I, wealth district, like because of generational wealth? I think I think it's a cultural issue. Mm. I think that um, we've been too comfortable for too long. Mm. You know, uh, you, you've got the concept of the fourth, the, the fourth, the fourth turning. You know, Strauss mm-hmm. how generational theory. You've got, you know, strong men mm-hmm. make good times. All that's, you yep, know, yep. For, for those that aren't familiar with it. It's strong men make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. Hard times make strong men. Mm-hmm. I think we're just in the weak men phase where oh, you've yeah. got like the try guys on Buzzy with no testosterone, <laughs> and I mean it's. But I'm not saying to be mean to them. You I know what I mean? I but it's you. true, right? Yeah, so I was thinking about this too. I did a segment on uh, the low testosterone generation because. Mm-hmm. You know, there's stories going back 10, 20 years about how the, the testosterone levels are rapidly declining. Yeah. I, some, they think it might be uh, the plastics leaching into food or something. Antibiotics could be. It could be antibiotics. It could be uh, women's birth control in the water, the water supply, supply and then yeah. getting recycled or something like that. It could be soy consumption being yeah. put out. Yeah. So I, I don't, they spray the soy with before they harvest it. Yeah. Glyphosate. Also, there's a, a phytoestrogens in, in soy. And, uh, there's, there's, there's two arguments about this. One is that phytoestrogens being weaker than estrogen hmm. will block your estrogen receptors and actually have, have a lower impact as opposed to your natural hmm. estrogen. Cause men have estrogen in their body. Right. But when you're getting constantly slammed and inundated with a weaker form of estrogen, it could have an impact. So I, I don't, I don't exactly know the reason, but I will tell you, I think that's a contributing factor to an overly feminized society, hmm. which results in people unwilling to take the risks required. To fix a broken system, mm. you, that 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 kind of uh, uh, mentality or imbalance results in despotism. It results in you know someone like Joe Biden. It results in these leaders that say, you know, you can't challenge them. Mm. You can't take the risk because you know uh, I, 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 this is my personal view, based on you know research and, and, and things like that. You know, men. This is a fact. Men t- tend to take more risks. 
Right. Women tend not to. Mm-hmm. So if you have a well-balanced society between men and women, you know, the feminine, the masculine, then then you're going to be well off because the guy, you're going to get some crazy guy who's like, I say we jump off the cliff and then try and <laughs> I'll try and grab onto a guy who's got a parachute. And then you might have a woman who's going to be like, I think that's a crazy risk. I don't mm-hmm. think you should do it. And then maybe talk the guys back a little bit from going too crazy. Right. But now we're getting just it's imbalance. It's, oh, it's yeah. shifting all into the fem- into the into the feminine, which is it's toxic femininity. Mm. So you, you'll end up with people who are unwilling to challenge system, unwilling to speak out. They don't want to go against social order. It's too risky. Stay the course and the storm will all blow over. Mm. Yeah. I've, I've got this feeling that I, I really have a lot of respect for a self-made man, someone that comes from either medi- medium or low means and then makes a great empire or, right. or a career. And that's where I feel like with generational wealth that weak young men are getting inheriting a large amount of power. Hmm. And then because they have the power, they have the TV sh- channel and uh, little kids then see them and think that's normal. And, and they don't, they're too afraid to take any risks. They don't want to lose what they've had their whole life. Whereas when you come from less than nothing or like not much, there's nothing really to lose. You just give it your all. I mean, what else? That's yeah. how you got here in the first place. I yeah, think, yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Like if you look at this show, you know, I don't care. Yeah. Well, you know. I mean, I, I definitely think there's something to that, right? The generation that, builds the wealth and hands it on to the next generation like that next generation sometimes they can manage and steward but by the time you get to the third or fourth Mm. i mean they're all about squandering it um because they didn't work for it so it doesn't mean as much to them but i i remember again the very first column i wrote for the blaze i juxtaposed and this was sort of you know swimming in the mainstream of culture i juxtaposed an artist like megan the stallion Right. She had a song with Cardi B, WAP, and that was a big thing in conservative circles and how vulgar it was. And then I said, here you have Megan the Stallion. So stallions are uncut horses, wild, uncontrollable. And then you have the cultural geldings, all of the men who would be too afraid to say anything critical about Megan the Stallion in public. And these are guys who, again, oftentimes work for corporate media and academia if somebody like me says, look, I don't want my daughter ingesting this crap because it's garbage. And if the 90s, particularly as, as it relates to hip hop, was about keeping the boys out of the gangs, then the 2000s and the 2020s are going to be keeping the girls off of OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. And I know exactly the type of men who would come up and criticize me for that. Right. And and I think our country is being led by those types of men. So, white white knights. There it is. Yeah. White knights. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Um and I think 2022 needs to be the year that we get rid of white knights, honestly. I, but, but, but it's a combination. It's, um, so there, Vox.com had an article I, I reference often that mm-hmm. uh, like about 70% of millennial women are Democrats. Mm-hmm. So they're all voting. And then you get about uh, slightly more millennial men are Republican. I think the, the, the men, for the most part, not completely, I think there's, there's two parent trees in the Democrat voter base. Hmm. The ignorant default liberal types. And the exploited, exploitative. I think, mm-hmm. the, I think the right and the Republicans have that exploitation as well. But mm-hmm. whatever the cultural right tends to be right now, it's an eclectic bunch of varying political ideologies. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how you describe it. But among the Democrats, you've got people who are like, I'm going to say whatever I have to do this woman so that she comes over to my apartment and, you know, and, and gives me what I want. And so they're just like, yeah, whatever you say. Oh, of course. Right. And then you've got regular people who are just like, seems that this is what everybody wants. Right. So I'm going to vote for it. And then you've got people who are willing to challenge, go against the grain, risk things, risk their careers, and they're, they're going to speak up and say no. But that's why I said there's an imbalance because the, the willingness to take risks for the betterment of society is really low. Yeah. It may not have anything to do with testosterone. It may have to do with luxury. Mm. Like life is just too good, man. Right. I got, we got, you can order pizza off the internet. 
You know what I mean? I I think it really has to do with too much free time. We have too much free time because we have uh, disposable income. Mm -hmm. And when we have free time, we get into our own heads. We become uh, very self-centered. You become very narcissistic. And if you don't have children and if you don't have like fulfilling familial relationships, you're going to kind of fall apart because uh, humans demand that kind of structure. Like we really don't do well without one another. It's crazy. COVID has opened my eyes, man, to that there are there are followers and there are shepherds and there are sheep. Oh, yeah. There are people who are like, yo, just tell me what to do. And yes. there are people who are literally, don't you dare tell me what to do. Yes. And, yes. and let, let, me, let me do this. Let me pull up the New York Post story we got and we'll, oh, we'll, yeah. we'll get into this one. New York Post, quote, I'm done with COVID. Barry Weiss on Bill Maher sparks controversy. Oh. Not to us. Right. Because like we've been, I'm done with COVID. I think I said that like four or five months ago. And then I got COVID and I got made fun of for it. No, nah, but it's it's the insanity of the restrictions. So on Friday, on Bill Maher's show, Barry Weiss, she said, I'm done. I'm done with COVID. She said, I sprayed the Pringles cans. I bought at every grocery store. I stripped my clothes off because I thought COVID would be on my clothes. I watched Tiger King. I got to the end of Spotify. We all did it. I love that. We did all you? did it. <laughs> Yo, I'm sure a lot of these liberals did. So here, here's this is this, this is interesting. This is a mainstream corporate press show. Bill Maher. Bill Maher's always been kind of, you know, he, he he's always been in line with the the left in the culture war. Mm-hmm. But he's been he challenges that every so often. But he's late to the party. He gets things wrong. So here I am. I see this going viral. First and most important thing. Good news. Regular liberals who watch Bill Maher are are now cheering for this when barry weiss has said that what's happening to our kids will be seen as a moral crime mm. you know i'm done with this everyone's clapping and cheering bill maher opened the show by saying he called the vaccine a virtue signal that was crazy to me he said your first dose it's like i can't remember the exact joke but he was like it comes in three doses your 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 first series your booster and your virtue signal and then everyone <laughs> uh, they laugh or whatever and so i'm like this is really really good and i want to make sure that's clear to everybody because i'm going to criticize a bit of everybody it's good that we're watching regular people wake up to this stuff. It's good that we're yep. seeing people realize you've got to do something about this. We can't just sit back and let the country fall apart. The stores are going – it's been two years, right? But we've had this conversation a year ago. Mm-hmm. We had this conversation a year and a half ago. And my concern is just this. To all of the independent media types, the podcasters, the Twitter uh, posters, the journalists who – have listened to this show, have listened to Steven Crowder, who have listened to Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore and Crowder talked about these things before we even did. So let's, let, let's realize we, for, for one, we were all right. What's the joke? Conspiracy theories, 597 mainstream media, zero. You know, like right, we're, yeah. we're winning this one. Uh, we talked about it first. We were right. Have more, con- we need to have more confidence in ourselves. We need to basically say to the likes of Bill Maher, but amongst ourselves is, we, we need to set our own news cycle. We shouldn't sit back and be like, well, did Bill Maher talk about it? That's when it matters. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. We need to start acting like the conversations we've already had. Again, like Jimmy Dore, Crowder, Sticks, Hex, and Hammer, all these other independent channels I've already had a long time ago. And when you go out to a restaurant, when you go out to uh, – uh, I'll tell you this. There was that big breaking story where the CDC lady, I think it was, said there's a difference between dying from COVID and dying with COVID. Right. CNN picks it up and goes crazy. Yo, we talked oh, about that, that yeah. a year and a half yeah. ago. Yeah. So when sure. you're when you're out at the bar and someone's saying, yeah, but did you hear how many people, you know, died today? You can go, yeah, I mean, but you're, you're not conflating with and for. I mean, that was they've, they've already they've already explained that. Don't you watch? Don't you pay attention? <laughs> Just stop acting like CNN is, is who should be setting the news cycle. Correct. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as you said, some of these things have been around i mean there was that early period in covid where nobody really knew what was going on and then once we got to like mid 
you know, summer 2020, things started to become clearer. I think a lot of people lost faith in our institutions and our public health officials. I'll say, I'll say when it happened for me, when those 1200 public health experts signed a letter that said, hmm. um, protests for racial justice are a okay during COVID at a moment when people still couldn't even go to work. <laughs> and then at the end of the letter, it says, this is not to be confused for support of protests that are against lockdown measures. I remember that. I said, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of people were done yes. at, at that point too. Uh, if you're, so if you're a sheep, you're sitting there being like, like a, uh, shout out to Ethan Klein, mm. H3 podcast, when he said, you don't even got to think, you, you know, you don't got to think about it. I think that's what he said, right? Yeah. It's like, you don't even got to think about it. Yeah. I never saw him say it. I've heard, I've heard you mention it a few yeah, times. Yeah. It's like, uh, I guess on his podcast, he mentioned mm-hmm. you can go to the CDC website. You don't even got to think about it. They just tell you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, maybe you do. But hey, look, Should. look. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being a sheep. I want to make sure that's clear. I'm not, I'm not insulting people for being sheep. There are a lot of people, I'm, I, good friends of mine, and I've had really interesting philosophical discussions where I've had people say, would I rather be the one who's in charge of organizing all of these people? Or would I rather sit back, crack a beer and watch the game and say, I'm going to enjoy life and, and enjoy my ignorance. I'm like, yo, I can get, I get that. Yeah. I can, I can respect wanting to revel in ignorance. How I, 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 I can understand that personally, I should say this. Uh, when I say respect it, I mean, I get that feeling. Hmm. I, I understand, you know. Personally, I think people need to, if they're cognizant of what's going on, speak up and stand up. There are a lot of people who don't view it that way and maybe don't have the ability to, to, to see what's really going on and maybe just think to themselves, look, I wake up, I go to work, I try to feed my kids, I come home, I turn the TV on, they tell me what's up, and that's all I care about. Yeah. I mean, I mean, th- there are instances, for instance, right, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. So in, in the scriptures, it talks about, you know, Jesus is the good shepherd. And but part of what pastors are supposed to do is shepherd their flocks, mm-hmm. right? So in that context, I get, you know, a, a, a shepherd who who feeds his sheep. But in that context, the shepherd is working under the authority of the good shepherd, and they're feeding, um, you know, from a source that provides all the nutrients um, that that any of the sheep would need, right? That's different than what we have. We have awful shepherds. We have uh, shepherds in wolf, wolf's clothing, which is worse than a sheep in wolf's clothing. Because if you get a sheep in wolf's clothing, you may the wolf may get one or two sheep before the rest scatter. But a shepherd in wolf's clothing will take all of them over the hill, and none of them will, be, will, will know the difference. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise, and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items, like your transmission engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. 
Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Wait, I think you're mixing it up. Wolf and Shepherd's clothing. Yeah, Wolf and Shepherd's Shepherd and Wolf's clothing. The sheep pretending to be the wolf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we actually have sheeps and shepherd's clothing. I think mm. I think we've gone so long without a real shepherd, and mm. this could be even religious as well. Mm-hmm. Like we've 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 separated ourselves from uh, any real leadership. That finally one sheep looked around and was like, "Yo, the shepherd gets to eat whenever he wants. Correct. He gets to go wherever he wants. Correct. I'm gonna put on the shepherd's. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna carry around his. You know, what what is that? What is that stick? Staff. Is? Staff. Staff. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, just yeah. tell him what to do. And so you've got sheep leading sheep. Yeah. The blind leading the blind. Yeah. And that's the you, you know we were just talking about it. The 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 white knights. The, uh, is that the, I guess yeah, the simps, simps. White knights, the simps, yeah. the guys who are just like, simple. Betas, that's kind of what yeah. it means. They're is that what it means? Yeah. Simple. That's not what so, it means. I'm not I think sure. it means you, you're, you're simple. I think that's the idea. No, I, mean, I think you're making that up. I don't know. I don't know what, what else it would mean Simp though. means something. I don't know. It does. Yeah. But, but it just, you know, basically it's a guy who's like white knighting for some, for some chick. This is what we have in terms of our leadership. It's not just about the woman. It's about the constituency. Mm. It's about the politician being like, I'm just going to say whatever you want to hear. Right. Because hopefully that'll make you happy. I think that you're talking about people wanting to drink beer and check out and watch the game. And like, I get it. But I think that we've been groomed for this. I think that the whole bread and circus thing, it's an ancient Roman tactic. You want to keep the plebs happy. You just make sure they have enough bread and they have enough entertainment. Same with beer. Now you go turn on TV and watch a sports football game or something. Beer commercials, car Mm -hmm. commercials, Mm -hmm. get Mm -hmm. get drunk, Mm -hmm. buy a car. Mm -hmm. So like, it's not healthy to check out. Especially when people that check out and then think they have some political clout by putting a sign in their yard and, and yeah. yelling at their neighbor about, like, if you're going to check out, check out. Yeah. Go right. away. Yeah. Well, well, I guess to, to clarify what I was saying before about some people just want, don't mind being sheep and there's something wrong with it is when you have a good shepherd. Right. Then your flock is protected. And Correct. they're doing what they got to do. This country, Correct. though, it was definitely founded on, like, don't ever give up your rights. Don't ever check out. Correct. You are this process. Right. But I'm not saying to give up your rights. I'm saying... Right. You know, some, there, there are people who, I, I love using the example of like a carpenter. It's like a, you know, regular trade job or an electrician. Let's say you're an electrician. Man, you will run circles around me and explaining how all this stuff works. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, and be like, I have no idea. Right. So. And I'll trust your expertise. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that electrician is going to say to me, I don't have time to read the news all day. Mm-hmm. And this is really important stuff. I can wire a house. I can save your house from burning down. Mm-hmm. I can fix a car. I can do a lot of stuff. I can actually, I've had electricians, electricians talk about, cra- you know, wiring up crazy devices and supercharging remote control cars and doing really awesome stuff because they know this, they know how to do it. So they need to rely on someone who's at the forefront of the conflicts in the world, the culture battles, right. journalists and politicians who are going to say, you got my back in terms of building the infrastructure, and I'll make sure you're well-informed and prepared for what comes next. Right. I can't expect them to be where we are. That's what I mean when I say, you know, everybody's a leader in some spe- some respect. Yeah. But when it comes to our actual political, military, and media establishment, that leadership is in the gutter. Yeah. It is a cesspool. Thoroughly discredited. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I remember at one point I, I sent one of my boys a, um, uh, a tweet from the CDC because his, his wife was pregnant at the time, and it said something to the effect of, you know, are you considering getting vaccinated? And these vaccines are now available for birthing people. What? And I said, why would you trust a public health establishment who that doesn't even know who the category of person that can get pregnant, right? The exclusive category of person that can get pregnant. And as I said, all of these institutions have discredited themselves over the past, you know, two years. They'll bl- blame it on alt-right. They'll blame it on Trump. But it's no, you guys have done it. 
Um, and now you're feeling the backlash. People are waking up to it. Waffle Sensei chimed in in a super chat with the quote from Ethan Klein. He said, the CDC is like this whole government body with scientists and ish that tell us what to do. You don't have to think about it, dude. Yes. Wow. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's, That's nice. dangerous, huh. man. Because, um, it, it's, it's remarkable to me that you can look at history with like asbestos. Come on. It's like not even hard to come up with an mm-hmm. DDT is good for me. Remember, remember that? <laughs> Oh, yeah. There's there's a really awesome ad that was going viral. It was a pregnant woman smoking cigarettes. Yes. Mm. Low birth like, rate. Wait. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> yeah. Easy <laughs> delivery. Doctors recommend you yes. know whatever Jeez. cigarettes for expecting mothers. Yeah. It's like uh. I can't. Uh, I think Bill Maher even mentioned this too. I, may, may, maybe it was Bill Maher. Maybe it wasn't. He was saying that they used to you know drill mercury into your teeth. They don't do that anymore. Wow. Mm. Well, I mean, like yeah, we would get the fillings, right? Wasn't that? Yeah. Like not even that long ago, mm-hmm. what, did, what did, they, did they did lead fillings? Did they do that? I don't, I don't think know. They did yeah, for, for, yeah, yeah but they used to do. Yeah. They used to do a bunch of a bunch of stuff, and 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 all the time we 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 decide, hey, that was maybe a bad idea. We improved the science. Yeah. So to sit there and be like, you know, uh, to quote Biden, the Tuskegee Airmen experiment. <laughs> right no, but the uh, the the, the, uh, the Tuskegee experiments. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. the government M- MK Ultra, that was real. It wasn't an accident either. That one was right. I know. Like yeah. we know, you don't just sit back and say the government is my friend. And it'll, 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 I think the government is is inherently utilitarian. Mm. It cares about protecting itself, correct? And it cares about maximizing output. It constantly shocks me how quick people are to trust that the government has their best interest in mind. Because if you know anything about the government, you're going to know a little bit about like MK Ultra and some of these other weird projects and creepy, suspicious things the government's done. Mm-hmm. I think that people tend to have lumped that into the whole Alex Jones paranoia basket. Yeah. But these are very real things that have definitely provably happened. Like the Tuskegee experience, very real. Sure. It's part of the reason there's so much vaccination hesitancy mm-hmm. among that community. And it's like, I completely understand why. They remember what happened. Like that's, that, that, that was funny to me because when the New York vaccine mandates were all happening, there were Black Lives Matter activists protesting oh, yeah. it. And one of the things I heard them say was like, they were like, we remember what the government did to us. Yes. You're not going to just tell us we have to do this, this, this ish. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I remember, <laughs> it's funny because the last time I came, I was talking about, again, another article. And I think the title, the title of it was, well, Kendi and Biden save no vax blacks from jab crow attacks. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, that's right. I remember and, that. <laughs> and, and Kendi actually answered that question. He, someone asked him about the vaccine mandates. And of course, I knew he did what I knew he would do, which was pun. He said, oh, well, well, they're really not racist, even though they have a disproportionate impact because uh, blacks and Hispanic and La- Latinx can't get um, the vaccine. They don't have access. One, that's a lie. Two, that would make it even more racist if you're holding um, black and Hispanic people accountable for getting a, a, a medical treatment that you admit they don't have access to. But. Again, I, I knew that that's where he was going to go because he's making way too much money from, you know, guilty white liberals yeah. to ever criticize them and call them, you know, the forbidden R word. But yeah, it, it's for me, one of the, the big things, the word that keeps coming back to my mind as it relates to COVID stuff is authority. Mm. This, this virus has, um, made the populace give up authority in areas of their private life, their, their medical lives that we've never considered before and the government has been more than willing to take it on. So now all of the my body, my body, my choice people are now like, no, you must get the vax. You must. And if you don't, you're a bad person. The people who would never stigmatize anybody for having AIDS or HIV, regardless of what type of personal behavior they're engaged in, are now saying, no, if you get COVID and you're unvaccinated, you should die and you shouldn't get medical treatment. So 
it's basically flipped all of you know people's principles right on their head. I got to pull up this article from Post Millennial. This one is oh, is yeah. you're gonna love it. You're gonna <laughs> love it. Oh yeah. Watch elderly masked white women yell "Black Lives Matter" while assaulting black men for not what? wearing a mask. What? That's it. That's the story. What? <laughs> this is this is. I can't believe this. this is a video. I don't know uh, exactly where the video came from, but um, I saw it on libs of TikTok on mm. uh, on Twitter, and you have you can see these women. Apparently, what happened was this black dude gets in an elevator. He's not wearing a mask. These two white women wearing masks yell at him to get out. And he's like, no, I was here first. You get out. They start attacking him. They hit him. And he's like, yo, you, you hit me. And then all of a sudden she goes, Black Lives Matter. What? Black, and then the other woman goes, Black Lives Matter. It's like, what it's like you, yo, you hit a black dude on camera and you think yelling that is, is going to help you. Yeah, These ladies are holding up their phones. Mm. They know all about the Karen thing. But here's here's the funny thing. These are the mask wearers. Mm. They're not supposed to be the Karens, right? Mm. Or are they? Like, it's, it's a weird thing that happened because the Karens were the people who are the right wing, you know, right. the Trumpers, the anti-vaxxers. They were the ones who refused to wear the masks in supermarkets. Now it's literally, it's flipped. Yep. The Karens are the people wearing the masks. We saw that lady on the airplane. When she hit the guy, yeah. I think yeah. she's, or she's spitting she's his mouth. His yeah, mouth. yeah. Oh, she's spitting Ugh. his mouth. Yo, but I just want to, I, I think, you know, outside of that, are we really at the point where old white liberals think they can just yell Black Lives Matter after hitting a black guy and that like a like that's their strategy? That absolves them, yeah. I remember a girl driving her car in a crowd of people and it's just like a black girl. I don't, I don't call people – I don't like calling people black and white firstly because we're not white or black. We have skin colors and it's ridiculous to call people black and white. But – this woman was driving her car and people were like banging on the car and then they, Portland, they right? realized that she was a black girl and they, yeah. they were like, oh, everyone hand, stop. Let <laughs> yeah. her through. I'm, I'm, black I'm Lives Matter. That video. Yeah. I don't remember exactly how that played out, but that was disturbing, man. I mean, this is, this is the, the signal that we've sent through the culture. I mean, from particularly from, you know, summer 2020 is if you say Black Lives Matter or you put up your little sign in front of your house or in, or in your, uh, your business. It's, you know, it makes people know that you're on the side of, of the righteous. I, sometimes I would joke with my wife and I said to me, again, to borrow some, you know, sort of biblical imagery, it's like smearing the blood on the doorpost yes, so that is. death angel passes over mm-hmm. um, so that people know, look, I'm, I'm one of the good ones. I think Black Lives Matter. Let me, let, me, let me play this because the video didn't pull up, uh, but I want to I oh, so yeah. listen to this. Get out. Like, I would understand if there's, like, two white people fighting mm-hmm. and they're filming each other and then one of them yells Black Lives Matter yeah. trying to be like, if anybody sees this, I'm on right. the side of the of the cult. Right. But they hit a black guy and then yelled it. And I'm like, that makes it ten times worse. Hmm. That's incredible. I think this is, like, peak virtue signal because they're like, I'm going to actually <laughs> assault someone who's actually black, but I'm going to say these magic words and yeah. it will mean nothing bad will happen to me. I also think this is one of the <laughs> unspoken symptoms of long COVID, quote unquote. Mm. The the neuroses and the anxiety mm. and the fear. 
have done almost as much damage as, as if not more damage than the, than the disease itself. Because this is how people act when they see, you know, like you just see a face. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. You know, th- that, that type of anxiety is, is not good. Look at, the, look at this picture. Let's pull, let's pull up the article yeah. again. Like, look yeah, at this face, man. Eyes. Yeah. 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 It's Dude. crazy to me that I, I just, this lady's got no chill. Mm-hmm. I know. This you is know? The, it's the, what you're saying is so true about long, the long COVID having this psychological thing because you can't quantify it. Like yeah. you can quantify the bank account and like inflation mm-hmm. and be, and we can all agree and point at the number, but with psychosis, you gotta just, you see it play out and like you gotta kind of call it out when you see yeah. it. And yeah. It's going to be unpacking decades of trauma for people. And, and, and part of this is driven by policy, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just like the, the cities that impose the vax pass, um, the vaccine passport mandates. Now you're putting five to 120 pound year old young women um, in the position of playing bouncer at a restaurant. And if you do that in a city that's big enough, you're going to have some bad reactions because everybody's already on edge. So now when I come, you know, let's say I'm out to celebrate, you know, my, my mom's birthday and I'm in a party of 20 and everybody else gets in. And now you're saying, sorry, sir, you can't come in because you don't have the passport. And I'm just like, well, look here, I got a negative test. Oh, we don't we don't take that. Now you're setting people up to have very, very bad interactions with people mm-hmm. over, again, policies that obviously are not working the way that politicians intended. I feel like within my soul, there is this feeling watching this video of these ladies mm-hmm. and, and, and like to express the pure like it, it is, the, is a perfect spiral of all of the BS. It is it is the leftist violence. Mm-hmm. It is the mask Karens. It is the covid policies. All just compressed into one point, ready to just into burst. one elevator, yeah. into one <laughs> elevator. And I'm just like, if there is any video you need to share with your friends and family, people often say to me, Tim, my my parents don't want to listen; they don't believe it. Just go to Post Millennial, pull this video, pull this out, get the tweet, send it to them, and ask them what they think. Mm. And then they're going to be like, "Whose side are you on?" Mm. The the mask people who are hitting a black guy and yelling "Black Lives Matter." Who apparently are the Black Lives Matter supporters, Jeez. or the dude who's refusing to wear the mask? What mm. the heck? It, it, it's you know what, what I find fascinating about it is it it, it, it creates like a it's this position where if you're if you're if you're intellectually honest, if you're principled, it's really really simple. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the race of the guy. I care they they shouldn't have attacked him. Right. I'm not a fan of mask mandates. These people are crazy. But if you're on the side of Black Lives Matter or the mask Karens. You're in a you're in a pickle here. This mm. guy, I did notice he seemed to flick at the girl right when the video started. It's kind of out of context because it starts in the middle of the argument. For all I know, he could have screamed at him before they started recording. Yeah. Probably unlikely. Yeah, but, but come on, listen. He, he kind of flicks, so it's. It, I don't want to blame either one of them for nah, starting nah. it. It looked like they were just kind of you pushing at each other to the dude filming, and he is he's chilled out. He's confused. Yeah, yeah he's like, "What are you doing? Like, why are you doing this?" They're angry. Yes. Yeah. That's that anger, man. And he's also like stuck in the elevator, has to get to where he's going. So he's like, dude, I can't. This is beyond me at this point. This poor Just... guy, man. <laughs> this is like uh, uh, one other video that I really like to uh, uh, um, uh, bring up is when the guy was following the woman around the supermarket. And he said, is anyone else mad that we all have to wear masks and she isn't wearing hers? Because mm. it's not about COVID. It's about authority and about doing as you're told. It's That's obedience. So I, I, yeah. It's funny. Uh, I call masks obedience masks, particularly in front of my kids. Um, my daughter, who's six, will always respond, it's not an obedience mask, Dad. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's like a running joke. My wife probably doesn't like it, but, I mean, that's, that's, that's really what it is. It's, it's, a, it's about compliance. It's not about the virus at this point. It's about, I feel like I have, well, I feel like I have to wear it, and 
I feel bad when I see people who are flouting these laws or these mandates or these orders that I feel like I'm, I'm stuck with. And, and that's really what it is at this point. Going, going back to what we were talking about with like Bill Maher and stuff. You know why I'm not a fan of that conversation? Mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet that Bill Maher and Barry Weiss, they, they look at the polling. They're like, parents are, are tired of this. Mm-hmm. The polling for Biden's in the gutter. I can tell when the ship is sinking. I'm getting off. But Bill's interesting. He, I remember 2001 after 9-11, he was like a vocal advocate for like against the establishment. It was really a show. I think it was politically correct. Was mm-hmm. that the and he was like relentless and they canceled it. They canceled his show. Like he was like a full on like, what's the guy's name? Said the seven words that the comedian, oh, uh, George, George Carlin. Carlin. He was Carlin, like full on the embodiment of George Carlin. I still get that from him. But then he was gone. Then he came back, yeah. And now a little bit toned down. Real time's a little more toned down. Um, he's getting older, but I still love that. I feel that like rab that rebel in him. I got to be honest, you know, I work a lot. Uh, I do the morning show, I do the night show, and with Luke leaving the show, I get it. Luke does his own show too. He's got his channel, and so he was he was working nearly as much as I was. But, uh, you know, to a certain degree, like, I'm also, we're also running the business and expanding, so there's a little bit extra, there's a bit more that I do. But now I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Luke's on the road, he's gonna be in Florida, he's gonna be working only his morning shift, and he's got all that free time at night. Hmm. I can totally understand at a certain point, you're like, yo, I've worked so hard endlessly for the past several years. For me, I'm like, no, 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 we gotta keep pushing, we gotta keep fighting, because there's things that I care about and things I believe in. Bill Maher, however, hmm. I can already tell. He's a boomer. How old is he? Sixty or something? Sixty-two, I think. Oh, Sixty-two. He's also Ashkenazi Jew, and uh, well, I don't know why not that Polish. Matters. No, I was looking up his. He's not Polish. Oh, I'm like, I, I'm just, I don't know why that, that's relevant <laughs> to what I'm talking about. Ashkenazi Jew mother and Irish father. Just yeah. so you know, not well, not Polish, so but I know. Polish, yeah. Well, Ashkenazi is Eastern European, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Sure. But, 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 but it's, it's, it's irrelevant. To I my hope they're related. Anyway, my point is that it's very obvious he's checked out. Yeah, it's very obvious. Like when the Covington scandal happened, mm. he he came out and he was just wrong about it. And I'm like, yo, we corrected the story a week ago. CNN came out a week ago, <laughs> and Bill Maher is a week late, still wrong. And people were like cheering for it. And I'm just like, I don't think the show is actually about what's true and correct. I think it's about what's polling. And right. I I think you know with a story like that, it's entirely possible he was like, I know it's not true, but this joke's going to play really really well with this audience. So let's do it. Yeah. A year later. We're supposed to be happy that as the ship's sinking, we all got off the ship. Well, let me put it this way. Try not to be as, try not to be too disrespectful to people who are at least saying something good, but there's the Titanic in it and it's, it's coming down. <laughs> and as soon as the iceberg is, it hits, we all said, Hey, everybody hit an iceberg. Time to get in the lifeboat. Mm-hmm. And everyone else said, shut up. You crazy right winger conspiracy theorists. There's no iceberg. Nobody, nothing can sink the Titanic. Right. So we're like, so you guys don't care. We'll take this lifeboat. Get out of here. You crazy. He said, all right, we'll take it. Yep. Bye. Now, as the ship's crumbling and sinking, they're all getting, like, oh, oh uh, 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 we, we need lifeboats too. We, we've been saying it the whole time. And I'm just like, the only reason they're saying it is because it's safe for them to say it now because yeah. the polling's in their favor. They weren't brave enough to speak out and risk getting canceled or fired or insulted mm-hmm. or smeared at the time, but they're willing to say it now. So when Bill Maher comes out and he does the virtue signal joke about vaccination, and I'm like, ah, they did market research and found we were right the whole time, right. and now they're realizing there's an opportunity for him. He, he got COVID. It changed that changed him a lot after he, he got, got shot COVID. Too, yeah, yeah, he got vaccinated, yeah. and then he got COVID and was like, what is this all about? And oh. that then he kind of changed. But let me let me pull health. up this video. Oh boy, this one's gonna get us in trouble. <laughs> so we got this from Nicholas Fondacaro. He's over at uh, uh, MRC Newsbusters. Oh yeah. 
He says, how dare you? Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg ridiculously pops off against Bill Maher for anti-mask jokes, tells, tells him to stay out of society. Sarah Haynes joins in by saying masks will be a permanent new normal like airport security after 9-11. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I may never feel comfortable without a mask. Even after the Bill Maher, Barry Weiss thing comes out and the liberals are like, we're not going to be doing this. The view is still doubling down. But I'm bringing this up for a different reason. I want you all to listen very closely. You ready? Bananas, you are. That's not really funny to people who have lost their kids mm, no. to this vaccine or people who have lost family. That's not really funny to people who have lost their kids mm, no. to this vaccine or people who have lost family members or dear friends to this. It's it's just, you know. I'm going to play that one more time. What? One more time for you guys. You are. That's not really funny to people who have lost their kids mm, to no. this vaccine or people who have lost family members or dear friends to this. It's it's just, you know, listen, nobody on the planet really wants to go through this. this you know, everybody responds to that when I tweeted it saying, whoa, Whoopi Goldberg said losing your kids to the vaccine. Mm. And everyone said, you know what she meant. You know what she meant. And they always do that. And I'm like, if we were a serious people in this country, I would. But she says nobody wants this and nobody wants to go through with this. Did she mean to say virus? Yeah. What, why do you, what, how do you know? Um, Ian, how do you, how do you know what she was thinking? Uh, only because I've seen her work. And I, and I feel like that's what she meant to say and that she misspoke. This is a big problem we have in the information uh, space, uh, exemplified by a tweet I made about a rumor going around that a school had put litter boxes in the bathroom for furries. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I quoted a woman who said that she had heard a school had put litter boxes in their bathroom for kids who identified as furries. And I linked to a story where it says superintendent denies this. And everybody interpreted the tweet however they wanted to. Yep. Mm -hmm. Many people on the right interpreted it to mean the story was true and they were doing this. Many interpreted it to mean that people are insane for believing it. And many interpreted it to believe that I was actually personally believing the story had happened and it was true without fact-checking. That's the problem with you, Ian, saying you know what Whoopi Goldberg meant oh, when she said this. I wouldn't like risk my life on it, but I, I that's my guess. I think it's fair. No, no, I do agree, though. I do agree, though. I think she meant to say virus or whatever. But the problem yeah. is, right now, what would they do if it was like Donald Trump making a statement? If Donald Trump came out and said, did you see this? Whoopi Goldberg says kids being lost to the vaccine. Mm -hmm. What's going on with The View? 
The media would say false, never happened. Yep. But then someone will take the clip of her saying it and they'll play it. And she literally did say people have lost their kids to the vaccine. Yeah. Now, look, don't make me get into it, YouTube. I don't, I'm not here to make a medical conversation. Just go, people can talk to their doctors as YouTube <laughs> mandates we say or whatever. The point is, I just thought this was really fascinating that she literally said this. No one on the show corrects her. As far as I know, they never came out and said, we really need to clarify that statement for national television. Because as far as I could tell, if you were to take a transcript of this and just show what she was saying, she's criticizing vaccines. She just got COVID, right? Like a couple yeah. weeks ago yeah. or something. Yeah. So yeah. she's probably really twisted about this whole thing. Yeah. And she's got a job to do going on The View. But obviously something's going on in her head that that, that, that came out. I, well, it's, it's not even that. I mean, the whole segment itself is bonkers. Where they're like, uh, one that one woman, what's her name, Sarah Haynes? She's like, I'm not going to leave my house ever, even okay, after the pandemic. Fine. Wow. It's like, are you trying to one up the other crazy Karen ladies? <laughs> is this yeah. new? Is I'm this more, a recent? Yeah, this is from today. It's just, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's like, you know, people are constantly trying to one up each other, you know? So you get some woman who's like, I, I like the mask. You got, remember when, wasn't it David Hogg who was like, uh, I'm not going to take the mask off because people will think I'm a Republican or something like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, 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 and that goes into what we've been saying, right? This is a lot of this is virtue signaling. It's, it's, I need to do something so that people don't associate me with the wrong people. Mm. And if that is what is driving any part of your public health response, we're, we're in trouble because I mean, one of the things I heard, and again, COVID has just scrambled everything in American sort of political life. It's, um, when it first hit, why isn't Trump doing enough? Then it's Trump is a is a is a you know fascist and a dictator, and he's gonna do too much. And now it's I want I want the government to tell me what to do, who I can have at my house on the Fourth of July or Thanksgiving or Christmas. And I don't think people know what to think, and I, and I do think many brains have been scrambled. You know, th talking about you know, I just did this stupid YouTube disclaimer thing because like we don't give medical advice here on this show. Go mm -hmm. speak to your doctor about what's right for you. I, I wonder what people how people are going to respond when all of this implodes because it's already starting to implode. Mm -hmm. I, I mentioned several times. I'm like, I don't even know what the rules are anymore because the media, the news has reported such crazy things. Like the New York Times, Israeli study says that repeated uh, a vaccination could actually increase your chance of catching the virus or whatever. So, something like, like it, it could reduce the, the, the immune response. I'm like that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, can I talk about that? Can I say that? Cause YouTube will ban. I don't know, man. I read it in the New York times. Go talk to a doctor. Don't get your advice from me. But what happens when regular people who uh, like, like Hassan, the, the lefty streamer, he refers to people as ivermectin truthers. <laughs> How do people who watch him react when all of this implodes and the narrative crumbles and then just, we realize once again who was actually corrected. Are people going to going to be mad at YouTube and these big tech companies? Feel mm. like they've been deceived? When will people start to? I know that we do, but when will regular people start to look at Twitter and be like, "Yo, these people are evil. Mm. They're manipulating us. They're lying about what's going on, and they're controlling the flow of information." Probably mm. never, because like we just last week talked about, only two percent of the American population even uses Twitter. Most people are not savvy. Facebook. Maybe Facebook a little no, no, but like what, every, everybody's got Facebook. That, do they? Yeah, well, not More everybody, half, but a lot of people. Younger people 40%. tend not to. But TikTok even. We're banned from TikTok. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Yep. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's because we had Alex Jones on. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> my, my experience, and, and, and I'll say this sort of from the, the race angle, I've seen so many stories that have blown up that have been complete hoaxes, and there's always a remnant of people who hold on to it for dear life. I mean, I know... The one that comes to mind is, you know, the, the Michael Brown shooting in Ferguson and the whole hands up, don't shoot thing. 
that went sort of international. And then Barack Obama and Eric Holder's DOJ did their investigation and they found they couldn't find a single witness um, who had who had sort of testimony or, or an interview that corroborated the forensic evidence that showed that Michael Brown was shot with his hands up in a position of surrender. I mean, I read through the entire report. Now, there are still politicians, I think Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris, who every time Michael Brown's birthday comes around, they talk about it as if he was murdered in cold blood. So some people will never let go of that. Um, it's just, evil, man. Yeah. And, 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 and when you see, I mean, I think there was a study last year that showed that l- people who identify as liberal and very liberal overestimate the number of police shootings of unarmed black men. I mean, the very liberal thing is like between a thousand and ten thousand. So somebody, somebody did a video. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Vice, where they went to they went around L.A. and asked people how many black people do you think have been killed by oh, police yeah. in the past year. They went to the Venice skate park, and these these skater guys they were like five hundred, a thousand, ten thousand. What was it like thirteen? Unarmed? Like, yeah, it's it's typically in that range, and even. I think most people would vastly overestimate the percentage of sort of police shooting fatalities that even involve black black people. It's, right. it's on average, it's about twenty five percent. Forty five percent of police shooting fatalities are, are white people, typically white men. But if you read, if if you were someone that came from Mars, you would think only black men get shot by the cops and only white blondes go missing. Now, so, what if you're a ten year old in two thousand eight? You're on Facebook and mm-hmm. Buzzfeed pops up. And the only thing you see on your Facebook feed for 10 years is police brutality videos. Yeah. Now it's 2018. You're voting in the midterm for the first time. Mm. And you're probably screaming like yeah. cops are going around hunting people yeah. down. Using I, terms like genocide. I mean, we, we have been primed. And unless you're a person who can think critically, this is where being a sheep is so dangerous. Because if you just take the word of CNN or MSNBC, or even for that period of time, the whole Colin Kaepernick thing was hot, ESPN, you are being fed by low-information journalists, quote-unquote, and political analysts and commentators, and what you're being fed basically is synthetic grass. And if you feed a a sheep synthetic grass, they're going to die, period. Yeah, man. I think about this, uh, the social media problem. I, I, I really do think Twitter is one of the biggest causes of these problems of, of everything we're experiencing. Mm. The rapid out of context, the the rapid spread of decontextualized information, mm-hmm. whether intentionally false or otherwise. The Whoopi Goldberg clip. The reason I wanted to highlight this and, and talk about her mis- misspeaking is because they never corrected it. Mm. Right. And so what could happen now is I, I guarantee you there will be people who will clip her saying that and they're going to be like breaking Whoopi Goldberg criticizes vaccine. Mm. And she literally said it. She did. And it makes sense to me that that would be a kind of a Freudian slip. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I really hate when people assume they know what other people are thinking. Because yeah. we don't even understand what we are, we're thinking ourselves half the time. Communicating is not perfect between humans. Talking, saying the things that you actually think is very challenging. So I'll give her the benefit of the doubt a little bit. But the fact that no one corrected her on this, somebody should have been like, no, the dying of the virus. Whatever. Yeah, what a bunch of weak minds. No offense, girls or guys or whoever's on that show to not correct her on that. No, yeah. Listen to your co-hosts and correct them when they misspeak. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Nobody wanted to speak up and be like, whoopee, whoopee. Did you mean... Did you like when you when you said Wolf and Shepherd's yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, wait, did you yeah, mean? Yeah. I, I, I'm like, hey, we're having a real conversation. Right. I'll, I'll ask you to clarify. It's no big deal. They could have been like, Whoopi, did you mean the virus? You said you said vaccine. She would have been like, oh, yeah, of <laughs> course, right, yeah. Okay, great. No, 
Yeah. Now that clips around, that clips out. I love what you just out. said about how Twitter might be making people nuts. I just made a video on minds about this first video I've made in a while about tone. And I think tone has been lost. And basically as a human society, we're evolving our communication abilities. Then we developed the phone and we were able to communicate via vocal vibration. Then all of a sudden we developed internet video and we can communicate, but people have fallen back into text again. Like they're mm. sending letters again and it's driving them. It's like this stone age, man. Get out. Keep moving forward. Do not fall back into text. You're missing the tone. I think Twitter is awful. It's the text. It's if you so if there's awful. video conversation, I'm all for it. But make everybody people type like it's 1911. But what's the alternative, right? You know, I, I've been thinking about this. The internet has is, it allows shows like this. It allows us to communicate with each other. Allows mm-hmm. us to fact check and challenge the establishment more than ever before. But it also gives the establishment the ability to propagandize and manipulate better mm-hmm. than ever before. True. Yeah. And I mean, those are the. The trade-offs that come with any sort of complex system or any public policy or any advancement in technology is, is always going to be trade-offs. The question is net-net, is it, do we think it's to our benefit as a society or is it to our detriment? And I think, yeah, I think it's a good question. It's, it's, I think it's clear it's a benefit. Yeah. And that's why they're trying so hard to censor everything yeah. and control the flow of information. Because you, know. you want to induce yourself with information, whether it's right or wrong, and a strong mind can wield all sorts of information without believing it. And that you have to, but but you can also be brainwashed. Even the strongest of minds, if you induce yourself with enough false narrative, it can start to change you. You know, we're, we're susceptible. So yeah. how do you balance that? What? How do yeah. you balance it? I mean, for me, part of this goes to the importance of education, mm. right? And starting for kids, but I see education as equal parts scholarship and discipleship, but also a lifelong process, not something that ends at in 12th grade when you turn 18. So part of it, I, I just have a number of filters, right? I always try to get a comment in context. So whenever possible, I, I look for a longer stream of thought if, if, if it's a, a clip video. Um, I always, I have different sort of areas of absolute truth. So no matter how many people line up and tell me that Caitlyn Jenner is a woman, I'm not going to call a person who is a biological male a she. And I know that may get me banned from certain platforms. But it is what it is. So I'm just trying to keep my feet firmly planted on the ground and not lose track of reality. Because when people control what you say, inevitably they will control what you think. Mm. Which brings us to our next story from Fox Business. Hello, everyone. Meet the new boss. Same as the old boss. Mm. Trump Truth (laughs) Social developing content moderation practices to ensure family-friendly community. That actually sounds like it will be more strict than Twitter. And they go on to say that they're going to be using the Hive artificial intelligence. TMTG is partnering with Hive, a Series D startup startup providing automated solutions through cloud-based artificial intelligence for understanding images, videos, and text content. Hive's technology provides automated content moderation across video, image, text, and audio. I'm going to tell you what. It ain't going to (laughs) work. Donald Trump is going to have a more censorious platform than Twitter and Mm -hmm. many of these other websites. Now, Twitter, you know, we'll see. But... Artificial intelligence moderation can easily, easily be be bypassed. Maybe, maybe not easily, easily, but easily enough. So what what's the end result? Does Donald Trump think, does Jason Miller of Getter think people are going to be leaving Twitter, which is censorious, to go to other platforms that are censorious in other ways? I just don't see it happening. I see people being like, okay, here's, here's what'll happen. Instead of following Trump, you'll sign up for a truth social account and Follow Trump there. Mm. And then when you want to follow the MAGA crowd, you'll sign up on Getter. And so you know where this leads leads us to? It leads us back to GeoCities. 
Mm. When everyone just has their own website, they just okay. make it. You click it, it's 15 bucks, bam. And they're actually, actually, I think you get a free account. It's got a little ad box appears on it. That's where we're going. It's like yeah. you might as well not even have social media at this point because everybody's making their own platform. Everyone's going to have crazy rules. Yep. Or maybe, I don't know, Fetter, Fetter, the uh, Fediverse is yes. the answer. That'll come along with it, yeah. But, but, but this Fetiverse. one, I'll, I'll throw this one to you, Ian. <laughs> How do you feel about Donald Trump using an artificial intelligence to be arguably more censorious than even Twitter is? Uh, I'm trying to find if the code is, is free or open source. It's, it's Mastodon. They, they spun up Mastodon, but it's, yeah. it's Hive because then oh, they can right. tack on proprietary stuff onto a free software network and you've got a amalgamation of free code and per private code. And so the entire network isn't free. Um, this makes, I think Hive is proprietary. I'm going to just imagine it is because I cannot find their code base. And that's extremely disturbing. That AI could be doing anything and you won't know what it's doing or what it's commanded to do. But Trump? I mean, like, that's the funny thing it's, about it, right? It's the red, white, and blue. Yeah. You go to truth.social, it's red, white, and blue. It's a bunch of fascist. I mean, and I talk about this, like, nationalism is like fascism. It's not the same thing, nationalism. But when you whip up nationalist frenzy with corporations like truth social, that's fascist. I mean, red, white, and blue on a social network, that's fascist. Why is that fascist? It has nothing to do with the United States. It's a, it? it's a private company. It has nothing to do with the United States. But what does that have to do with fascism, Ian? They're, they're trying to invoke national fervor to get people to sign up for a social a private company for which country france russia or the u.s obviously oh, yeah. the united states it's donald trump come on man i you're, mean are you're, you joking you're, 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 oh, you're, jason miller came in here with a red white and blue suit on dude it's like they're trying to sell this well, national he was, oh, he was wearing a blue suit with a red tie come on <laughs> man. i'm just tired of turning on fox news and seeing red white and blue and msnbc red white and blue it's propaganda and I, you should make it green getters green or um gab is green like it's cool. It's weird. It's new. Mm. Mine's yeah, well, is yellow. I, I, I re- look, look, look. Uh, that that let's, let's, red, white, and blue turns me off anyway. I think. Interesting. Uh, I like the American flag personally. I do I don't, too. I think yeah, America is a pretty good country, and uh, Trump mm. is trying to invoke a sense of patriotism. Red, white, and blue is a color scheme. It's an America theme color scheme, and yeah. I don't think it's fascist for him to do that. I think it's more fascist, f- more fascistic that it is going to be a censor heavy AI automated censorship i think it's like i look at it as like the first step on the road to fascism so i call it fascism it hasn't it's not obviously not fascist but it indicates like a thread that could pull on to find that later down the road oh, he's on. obviously going to censor the hell out of people that's, that's true so 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 okay so this is just market research they know that their base loves the american flag they right. love patriotism this is their whole shtick this is their thing so they're using the american flag i don't view that as being fascistic i will say that it looks like it's coming down to be a choice between being censored from the left or being censored from the right mm. and i do think that it would be much better if we did have some form of federated system where we could each go and block the people that we don't like but everybody is allowed to say exactly what they think i don't know if we're going to be able to attain true free speech even on the fediverse but we could at least try it's going to be better than this this just looks like a cop out to me yeah and i mean i mean i i think as you know as flawed as twitter is it one thing i like about it is it does allow for conversations for um, between people with very very different you know political views and at least we even if the rules on censoring seem arbitrary at times, I think it's one of those things we, we've just become more used to them. And I think that's a different psychological response than going into a new platform with rules that even the people who create the platform can't articulate in a consistent fashion. You know, I, I think we got to be real about uh, uh, online platforms and moderation and stuff. And I think Ian probably understands this. There's a reason why Twitter bans people. The left so, so first I'll get political. The left cannot tolerate on a, in, in, a, in a general sense, 
disagreement Correct. and aggressive, you know, argument discussion. Mm-hmm. It causes them to, Will Wheaton's a great example. He's like, if Alex Jones is allowed to be here saying words, I'm going to quit. And it's like, okay, well, that's too much. Bye. Quit. <laughs> but when they say things like, hey, someone's harassing me, then Twitter's like, Ugh. I feel like Twitter and these other companies look at the, um, they look at their system and they say, what level of moderation can we implement that will maintain the most amount of left-wing users and minimally lose right-wing users? Mm. I think their whole their whole thing is like, how can we maximize user base? Because conservatives are willing to stay on the platform even through censorship, they know they can censor the right, but the left isn't. So they know they have to censor the right, not the left. Right. But I will I will say there's a reality to to Twitter and censorship. I don't I, I don't really check my replies anymore because I know it's just full of insane psychobabble garbage. Mm. Not everybody. Not everybody. Sometimes I reply to people. I do. But I know that most of the time it's like, yo, if I tweet something and then I look at the responses of which there's going to be hundreds, sometimes even thousands, mm-hmm. it is going to be incoherent, out of context, rage, narcissism, insults. I don't want to bother with it. Yeah. The reply function to me is, is, is worthless. And I'm not trying to look. It's different for everybody. But I've got a million followers on Twitter. Or I, I, I don't ask me why. I don't know. I tweet random nonsense. <laughs> but people are following me. And I know that I can tweet something sometimes as a joke. Mm-hmm. And I'll still get just thousands of hateful responses. I'm going to be honest. I don't want to use that platform. Mm. Jack Dorsey and the people at Twitter know that. So they said, okay, we're going to ban it. We got to start banning these people. Yes. Which made the platform worse because they go too far with right. it. Right. That's yeah. when it comes to harassment. That's a very vague term, especially now with internet. It was a lot easier in the real world before the internet. It was kind of obvious if someone was harassing. It was a little more obvious. Now with yeah. the internet, it's like if someone comments on your post over and over and over again, people are like, they're harassing me. They're like, no, they're not. They're just commenting. No. And what would happen on Twitter is a person would be like, the all these a bunch of people would keep reporting like a group of like a hundred people and be like they're harassing me they're harassing me and they weren't according to the terms but because they would keep getting reported these same people Twitter will end up banning those people yeah to placate the people that are complaining about a misrepresentation of the terms I I had that happen to me one time I was in a a Twitter debate with a self-described black radical feminist professor Mm. Um, we got into the debate because at one point she was, this was around, you know, she was on a, sh- on a show with Mark Lamont Hill and they were talking about, you know, Texas abortion law and she described herself as pro-family. Now, having been familiar with her work, I was like, that's not the case. She's a person who sort of celebrates the decline of the nuclear family, right? So at, at one point she said, the black community does not need nuclear families to thrive. And boy, did that set off a bunch of people. Now, to be fair, a lot of the responses were talking about her appearance, and and I don't get down like that. But when she finally responded to me, she was like, you know, black men say that uh, black women should stick up for them, and you should see all the hateful replies, and and people like you, you knew what you were doing when you did that, and and you like it. And I was like, I was just responding on substance. But I think a lot of times what the left does is they will take that type of sort of those types of ad hominem attacks and use that as a reason to not reply to the sort of substantive issue that's on the table. Um, and I think that's a, that's an easy dodge. The other thing I wanted to say, I think, Ian, you bring up a really good point. And I think this is a point that I see articulated on the new right, as I would call it. And that point is, to what extent do American corporations owe any sense of loyalty to sort of the body politic, the nation in general? Um, because I think... After decades of globalism and free trade, a lot of people are starting to question whether or not 
companies like Apple and Amazon and Google are really serving the interests of our country because they are quick to criticize, you know, Americans in the middle of the country, Trump voters, but are quiet as church mice when it comes to, you know, any type of criticism or perceived criticism of, of the CCP. So um, I think that's a question that's bubbling up. And I, I think there's a way for com- for companies to feel like, no, we're American companies. We serve uh, American citizens without it being fascistic, as you were saying. Well, so one, one of the components that we've discussed in the show, one of the components of, uh, of Nazism was, or fascism was the lucrative merger of corporation and state, mm. but it was cultural enforcement. Mm. It was when the, the entirety of the country was so you know, in line with nationalistic fervor, the company would have to fall in line or risk mm. being just canceled, as it were, right? One way to put it. We have the opposite of that right now. You know, so, so we have literally the opposite of fascism. And maybe that's why the left was screaming Trump was a fascist, because he did a little bit in favor of the nation. Now, whereas back then, the, the, as it would go, is someone would go to the factory and be like, are you producing steel for the war effort? And then if they weren't, it was like, whoa, shun, shun. Now it's the opposite. Now it's, uh, um, who's that, who's that, who's that invisible wrestler guy? You oh, know, John Cena? John Cena. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, invisible wrestler guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, he, he go, he makes a video praising China. Or I'm sorry, apologizing to China. Yeah. And that is the, and that's the acceptable thing. LeBron James, Mark Cuban. Mm-hmm. They're actually pandering for China. Mm. Look, I think there's a fine line between, you know, I, I think, I, I, I think there's a decent amount of room in between fascism yeah. and communism. <clears throat> we can very much be in the middle where we're like, our companies should not be selling us out to foreign adversaries. We also don't expect you to fall in line through cultural enforcement to mass produce for the nation or whatever, right? So, 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 um, I'd have a slightly different take, right? Even if it's not the sort of the mass production for the nation. I remember back when, you know, Citizens United, that decision came down from SCOTUS and, you know, Mitt Romney famously said that corporations are people too, and he got hammered by Democrats. <laughs> but now, the political ties have turned to the point where Democrats know that big business is in their back pocket. So when Delta criticizes the state of Georgia for its, you know, voter laws mm-hmm. or when, you know, they, they different companies, you know, basically all the Fortune 500 companies sign up or sign on in support of the Equality Act or when they say we're not going to go to this particular state because of its abortion laws. I think big business has inserted itself um, into some of these conver- our political conversations, both in terms of trying to move the needle in the in in the left's direction, and as we've seen it for vaccine mandates as the enforcement arm of the federal government. So the companies say, okay, we know the feds can't mandate that everyone get a shot, but we think that we can force our workers to do it. So the feds will just say, hey, we want the companies to do X. And then we'll take on that responsibility to get, you know, our, our, our employees as a term, as a condition of employment to do what it is that the federal government wanted them to do. That's crazy. I, I'm worried about what you're talking about, about this is a good conversation about corporations and what they owe the country mm-hmm. that, you know, they're based in the United States, but for all I know, Amazon, Google, and it, Apple are about to pick up and move to China, their headquarters, and just say, bye-bye, money talks, mm-hmm. politics is passe. Mm-hmm. What what do they owe? It's all about, like, does the CEO want to stay American at this point? What I mean, maybe they owe the shareholders. Like they, I don't think it's part of the corporate charter that they have to stay in the United States. Um, 
Monsanto moved its headquarters, got bought by Bayer, basically merged with Bayer, and mm-hmm. now moved their headquarters to, I think, England. I'm not sure where they're at now. but they've yeah. been, Google's they headquartered in Ireland, I think, right? Smart. Fiscally smart, yeah. but obviously... But these these are not American companies. Mm-hmm. No. Right. They were started here off of our, off our, off of our taxes, our mm-hmm. roads, mm-hmm. our blood, sweat, and tears, and then they up and relocate. So you know what really drives me crazy is when the left is like, Amazon paid no taxes or whatever. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I feel like that's kind of a distraction. The real issue is the Panama Papers. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And the ba- journalist who exposed it. This is a it, big deal, dead. actually. The bank accounts in Panama that they're that are popping up all over that apparently belong to Putin's buddy and like all these really. And that's the kind of qu- the story that came up and like no one would touch it. Right. But, so, I mean, everybody was talking about it and the journalist died. For like a week. Then there was like another release that, that got quashed really quickly. But what these companies are doing is I don't I don't care necessarily about the taxes. I care about the fact that they've sold us out period yeah that i'm pretty sure google's in ireland i could be wrong but they're they're setting up in other countries they don't care about us they don't care about the united states you know google wanted to do that what was it dragonfly or whatever that yeah. chinese search engine they were arguing that they, they all want to just be dominant global powers right so it looks like uh, alphabet which owns google is in uh mountain view california right now okay. it's called an american multinational company <laughs> what the hell does that mean mm-hmm. that they work that they exist everywhere but they're headquartered in america right and but it, are you looking up their american headquarters or are you looking up I, their actual i just looked up uh, alphabet headquarters alphabet inc mm-hmm. you can't look up their headquarters you got to look up their like place of incorporation or whatever because oh. because you can have a, a venezuelan headquarters you can have you know what i mean right it, and, and i think where the companies are located is one thing right a, a lot of people, particularly both probably both right and left, would love to see more goods, whether it's PPE, whether it's microchips produced in the United States. You know, bring them to Baltimore or you know, Chicago, wherever. But I think the other piece of it is that these corporations insert themselves into our political conversations, um, oftentimes against the will of the voters. Like the the, the voters in Georgia elected a legislature and a, and a a governor to address their issues where all these companies coming in saying, no, we stand against, you know, what uh, the voters in Georgia want to do and to punish them. We're going to move the MLB all-star game from Georgia to Colorado. Uh, And I think the extent to which these companies, as I said, insert themselves into our political process, that is one of the things that I find to be very, very, very disturbing. So, um, so, Oh, regarding truth just, social. Re, re, just a real oh, quick got... point of clarification. I believe uh, everything I've looked up says Google is headquartered and based in Mountain View, California. Mm-hmm. There's often talk of their Dublin data center, mm-hmm. and that's probably what I was confused Interesting. Yeah. So I, I, I assume they would be based They're in America. America for now. Uh, but I don't yeah, think we'll they see. have to like stay in in the United States. I don't know how that no. works. They could probably you know bail. Uh, if if Sergey and, and Larry want to say bye-bye yeah it's terrifying yeah when it comes to truth social now we're talking like it's a social network with that like has some american he's trying to show us like it's got american values you know it's red white and blue right Mm -hmm. but when i look at it and i see a private proprietary network that is blatantly going to start censoring i just don't get the american values in it like you can slather it with an american flag but Mm -hmm. unless for me unless you're going to make that code base free then it's not really a free network Mm. well yeah and the other thing too is that one of the core tenets of american value is the freedom of speech Mm. it's literally in our first amendment so i think that it is perhaps a little bit disingenuous to plaster the american flag i do think it's just a marketing tactic because they know their base whatever so it's sorry no go ahead it's so I, i looked it up it's a it's called the double irish arrangement it's a tax strategy used by multinational corporations to lower their corporate tax liabilities that's crazy so 
So yeah. they don't pay American taxes. Or they, they it, it reduces their taxes. I, I think the Irish are upset about it as well because it mm. pulls money from their country. Yeah, yeah. It also allows Google to operate and, you know, probably avoid taxes in the United States. I'd have, I'd have to look up the, the nitty gritty details. Mm. But even outside of that, you know, I don't, I don't think Amazon or Google or any of these companies have our best interests at heart at no. all. No. And I mean, it, it's not, it's not just the companies. I, I remember a couple of weeks ago when I was, you know, doing research for a column, I saw that the head of the AFL CIO, I think was basically either explicitly or sort of tacitly taking the position of the administration on vaccine mandates. And I was like, this is a, one of the largest unions in the country. They should be advocating on behalf of their workers. But in, in many respects, the, the, the Democratic Party today is much more responsive to the needs of the board of the New York Times than the board of, you know, major trade unions. It's just a, it's a different day and age. And, I think where you see the companies going, you're going to see all of these other supporting institutions go as well. I got follow up on that Monsanto. They were an American company uh, based in Missouri, but then they got bought by Bayer, who is a German company mm. based in Germany. I, I don't, you know, I was watching uh, the Joe Rogan episode with L- James Lindsay, <laughs> and they start talking about Vanguard and BlackRock and State Street, stuff like that. And then I'm just sitting there thinking like, you know, before I heard that episode, I was kind of worried about what was going to happen to this show because, you know, Ian's over here talking about Monsanto. We're talking about, you know, Google's tax holdings and Amazon. And we have, you know, we have deplorables on the show frequently. And then we get swatted a couple times. We get Mm. DDoS attacks. I'm like, sooner or later, they're going to try and stop us from having this conversation, however they can. But then I I saw that Rogan episode and I was like, they lost. Mm. They, they, They lost control. They lost control a long time ago. It's done. When the biggest podcast is is just, they they've lost any kind of centralized ability to manipulate. It's like they're we're breaking through. They're still in the pilot seat, but they're like the uh, dials are not responding. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's like where we're at in the story right Panicky. now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. So I, I was saying this before, like feeling pretty optimistic. So you know, it's that Bill Maher stuff. It's it's the Joe Rogan stuff. It's where the conversations are actually happening. Hmm. And uh, uh, if the conversations in the media are are faltering, they're they're, they're not breaking through. Give it five, ten years, and they won't be—they won't be a part of any conversation. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time before, you know, you're going to be turning on the news. And actually, Joe Rogan already sets the news cycle in a lot of ways. Yeah, based on the things he talks about. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, that, that the New York Times commanded that power a long time ago. Now they're losing it. I, I would now agree. We're, we're we're taking it back. Yeah. Did you see a stink bug flying around? Oh yeah, I but I was like, I was like are you, are, is anyone going to disagree? No, I, well, I agree with you. And there's a stink bug flying around. It, I think a lot of everyone paused. They were like, "What is that?" Thing? I think about like the power structure. <laughs> this kind of comes to my mind once once a week or so, and like because mm-hmm. as we're talking about it a lot, like there is a very dark underbelly of power in the world. There always has been, I guess. And it's mm-hmm. like if it doesn't like you, it will try and step on you. Mm-hmm. But you can somehow. I know you can work with it, and we can change it um, for the better. Whatever that means, yeah. destruction and creation. The inevitable yin yang of of our species. Well, I do think that's what we're doing, and I kind of, in some ways, I feel like we're kind of rising to take the place of some of these commentators. Not necessarily straight news. In my instance, you're more of the journalistic side of everything. Although I do like to send you stuff, but it's like they're so obviously losing. They're losing on the political front. I get the impression that 2022 is going to be for lack of a better term, a bloodbath, in that it will be very red and very splashy. Um, I don't think we've ever seen anything like what's coming in 2022. That makes me optimistic, but I won't oh. bet the house on it, you know. Hold your horses. Yeah, yeah no, I, don't I think know. I hear your thoughts. Yeah. You know, Hopefully. You get, it, it, it starts looking really, really good, and then all of a sudden it's yeah. like, oh, the mail-in uh, ballots came in oh, late. Yeah, people, people, need to, people need to track this because in 2018, 
I was looking at everything going on in the media and I said, I feel like the Republicans are going to win 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then initially they did. And the reports came out and it said no blue wave. The Democrats couldn't hold it. But they said, wait, wait, we're still counting. Then a couple of weeks later, they're like, there it is. There actually was a blue wave. The mail-in votes came in, had to get counted, mm-hmm. and then Democrats ended up winning. So I'll just put it this way. Without getting into the nitty-gritty of all of the underlying conditions, I'll just say policies will change. Mm-hmm. Policies have changed. Yeah. And the Democrats are trying to ram through their, their voter overhaul, which could change everything. Mm-hmm. And the polls may be irrelevant. Possible. Mm. What could it change? What's the voter overhaul thing all about? So there's a couple things in it. For one, it effectively nationalizes elections. Mm-hmm. If any state wants to change or change a rule, they have to go to the DOJ first or something really ridiculous. It allows, uh, it creates automatic registration. It makes election day a national holiday. And it is completely and unquestionably unconstitutional what they're proposing. Of course. Uh, they want a voter month instead of a voter day. Okay, they, that I can so, kind of get into. Well, that's a violation of the Constitution, mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter. I don't like to stuff them into one day because some people get are busy on that day. That's too bad. Yeah. That's why you make it a holiday. Yeah, I agree with the holiday. Go. For yeah, sure a I holiday. Like that. Yeah. Make, it a, make it a holiday. Yeah. You have one election day. That's the way it's supposed to be done. Because when you when you open it up to several weeks with mail-in voting and early voting, you create you, you open up uh, in, inconsistencies. I'm not talking about fraud. I'm talking about sometimes because we've got we've got the, the, the RV for we're, we're building out the mobile studio. No idea where the keys went. Mm. Why? We haven't picked them up in three weeks because mm. we're waiting for the crew to come and do work. You just forget what you did with it. Yeah. And so having one voting day where everything is planned, regimented, and according to the Constitution, I think it makes sense. I do think there's questions about population density the founding fathers probably didn't consider. Fair point. But you can't just be like, we're going we're gonna to pass a bill that violates the Constitution, and if you don't do it, then you're evil or something. You're a bigot. Yeah, well, yeah you're a far right. Yep. you got to pull this really tight because if you leave any gaps for any kind, not for fraud necessarily, but for human disorganization, something that we have to factor in. Oh, yeah. Humans are a little bit disorganized. I think we might have figured that out from the last two years. Holy cow, it's ridiculous. I keep talking about how it seems like the world is built out of toothpicks. It's ridiculous. I never knew how frail our institutions were until this well, crackdown. You know what's really crazy to me is like as you get older and when I was younger, I look at these big systems, Mm -hmm. the CEOs, the politicians and the things they do. And it felt like everything was very formal and planned Mm -hmm. and strategic. And, you know, the games I would play with my friends where it's like, we're going to play freeze tag. And the rule is, you know, if you're touching the slide, you're you're it's glue so they can't tag you. And like you you just make these rules (laughs) implement it. Now that I'm older, I'm like, man, that's really is everything. That's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. It's like when you when you look at Congress, like when we had Marjorie Taylor Greene here, and she's like, you go into Congress, and there's like five Democrats and five Republicans, and they're voting on bills just by grumbling and groaning, and it's like <laughs> no one's actually listening to or reading yeah. these bills. Yeah, I was like, yo, it's no different than a bunch of kindergartners being like. I, I get to play with the football because I have brown hair and brown hair goes first. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I just make it up. I, I remember when we were starting up Minds and I was learning about business. It was basically a mentorship for me to learn about business. And I was like, how do they like say what their business is worth? How do you tell people what your business is worth? You just make it up. Yeah, My company is going to be worth 50 million in five years. Yeah. Why? Because we're going to sell a hundred thousand of these. And then a, a next, the year after that, we're going to sell a million of them. And, and it's just, do they believe you? If they believe right. you, your company's valued at fifty million. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know it's amazing. Sounds huh? like every Shark Tank pitch I've ever. Yeah, heard. seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'll say this as it relates to the, to the elections, right? I think the last two years have shown that politicians are not particularly good at fixing issues that affect millions of people. They're very good at 
causing problems for millions of people. And I think um, I could see people over the last two years who say, you know what? I think I'm a libertarian. We need fewer laws because fewer laws will inevitably or more laws will make more criminals. So, you know, I, I've, I've heard, you know, black folks talk about this for years in terms of um, the number of, you know, it's, it's illegal to sell loose cigarettes or it's illegal to, you know, panhandle or vend or do all sorts of other mm-hmm. things in the city. But the more laws you create, the more opportunities you have for police to come and enforce them. And I think for a lot of people who may not have necessarily cared about, you know, Lucy laws in New York city, they certainly care about having to wear masks outdoors at their kids' football games. And when you see a lady getting tased because she's not wearing a mask outdoors, it'll make you think, okay, do we really want to give, you know, our elected officials more power? So I understand the libertarians. I understand new conservatives who say, we just want smaller government. Too much government is causing too many problems in our lives. But one thing I, I hope all Americans do is to stop thinking that the people we elect to Congress, whether on a federal level or a state level, are going to fix our problems. That's one of the biggest problems, that I think. And it just goes from, well, this party will fix it. No, this party will fix it. And I, I, one of the things I like about you know, what I see in terms of the decentralization of information and people starting new businesses is that you know, small seems to be better. I love to see people, particularly young people who say, you know what? I want to start a family. I don't want to be a wage slave for my entire life. You know, I think getting back to those first order things, family and church and institutions and mm-hmm. community is, is one of the ways we, we come out of this because, um, if we put all of our hopes in, in elected officials, we've seen that they're going to let us down every time. Church. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Um, you know, I think watching the the de religious religiousification of the country religification yeah. the 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 increase in secularism mm-hmm. it's not even a question of faith to me I think you know there's obviously many people who are Christian will argue that mm-hmm. you know faith in God is a requirement or or you know um, for, for the religious reason but there's no meeting place anymore hmm. there's no gathering yeah. there's no conversation there's no mm-hmm. cohesion. So uh, Seamus, for instance, who's a good friend of ours, and he'll, he'll probably be here this week, you know, he goes to mass. Yes. But when he goes there, he meets people. He mm-hmm. communicates. He shares ideas. That alone is a powerful force in yeah. creating and making sure communities stay together and stay yeah. strong. Yeah. You know, my you problem. Lose that, you don't got anything. Who, my, how, when do you talk to your neighbors? I guess mm-hmm. the problem I've got is I feel like the church co-opted community along the way. The Catholic church was like, we are the authority. You come to us if you want to congregate. We, we want to oversee it. Mm. I, I think you should talk to Seamus about that. Cause I think oh, I definitely yeah, got to. Sure. He, yeah, he, he probably will tell you. Many, yeah. many nights I'm going to do that yeah, <laughs> on TV, hopefully. I mean, I, I, I definitely felt that in my own personal life. When my wife and I, we, we found a, a new church you know, close to where we live now. Um, and at that point, you know, she was going in for, you know, a, a surgery. Not anything major, but it was still, you know, she was going to be you know, incapacitated for a couple of days. And people just said, hey, what do you all need? Yeah. We'll, we'll bring food by. We'll yep. send you gift cards and let us know if you need help with the kids. And that, that community really does mean a lot. I've, so, again, as a, as a believer, the, a church's doctrine is important. What it actually believes about the Bible is important. But it's also having that community um, and that fellowship is, is really, really important. So you have people there with with you when it's time to grieve. If somebody lose mm-hmm. a lo- loses a loved one. And you have people there with you when it's time to celebrate. Like one of the couples, they just had a baby boy. And that's one of the things that we celebrate. We send it around the newsletter. Everybody's praying for them. Everybody's, you know, volunteering to help them. And 
I, I definitely do think that that church is is obviously in a very very uh, important institution. I'll give a shout out to uh, Luke, who is no longer with us. Luke Rukowski. Mm-hmm. He's in Florida, in a but place. Uh, uh, yeah, he's in a better place. <laughs> Florida. <laughs> yeah, Florida. Uh, no, West Virginia is pretty rad. But uh, you know, he had a video from ten years ago called mm-hmm. I think it's called "Just Keep Going." You've got nothing to lose. I recommend it. Everybody check it out. And he just talks about how. People, you know, millions of people are traveling on the subways of New York every day and they never talk to each other. Oh, yeah. So he decided to start talking to them and ask them, asking people questions. And he shows like they're laughing and they're getting, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're getting along with each other and stuff. And I'm like, that it's, it's a great video. It's got the piano music in the background. Mm-hmm. That's on Luke's channel over at We Are Change. You definitely check out that clip. Seriously, it's a good video and it's like 10 years old. But it's just, it's amazing. He's right. New York, a city of, you know, millions of people and people mm-hmm. never talk to each other. Oh, yeah. yeah. They have no place where they gather and share ideas. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, universities, perhaps, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's well, not the same. And, and, and a lot of the kids at the universities, particularly if there's like NYU or Columbia, they're not even New Yorkers, right? So it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's I think, I do think technology has um, accelerated that process. You know, everybody gets on, head in the phone. Ear, um, you know, uh, headphones on. Yeah. But even as a kid growing up in New York and taking the subway, you're right. You, you, you definitely weren't talking to people, especially people you didn't know. I get on, I eat my beef patty, I drink my Snapple, and I'm <laughs> my own business. <laughs> you know? that, huh? So, well, um, I think there's such a distinct overlap between the town square and mm-hmm. the church. For example, I've been going to church for the last. I want to say month, maybe month and a half. And mm-hmm. it is incredibly refreshing to be around people who are, they're very nice. Mm-hmm. They're very generous. They really care about what they believe. They're talking about the mask mandate. It's, and it's a very interesting way to see how this stuff is affecting real life people. But you start to get a sense for what you've lost when you no longer have a church backbone. And yeah. I don't really even care if you believe exactly what they believe. And I don't think they do either because right. they will support you. They will bring you, you know, your casserole if you need help and they'll yeah. take care of your kids if you need it. And I think yeah. that's what we're big part of what we're lacking I, I got a feeling it's m- mostly about the community and the belief in God or whatever some mm-hmm. sort of energy field like all yeah. that's bigger than yeah. this bigger than you hard yeah. experience yeah um whether or not it's church I don't know I don't know I never really have gone to church I went a couple times when I was a kid one time I got stung by a bee I mm. went to an outdoor church and I, got, I was like I think that's a message from God I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this anymore my parents never took me we never went on Christmas or any of yeah. that but I've learned in my adult years that this God energy is seems to be real. And yeah. even scientifically, it seems to be real. So that, but that alone is not enough. The community is so important. So yeah. without church, I don't, I haven't really had much community. Mm-hmm. I mean, where do you go for community anymore? The internet, internet chat rooms? I, I hope not. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> two, <laughs> no. two, that's where so, I was going in oh, oh, 07, you know, two, two things, em. two things really quick. Um, Lydia, what you just mentioned in terms of, you know, sort of the, the church sort of having an overlap with the public square, it makes me think of, you know, what Frederick Douglass talked about in mm-hmm. terms of his type of conservatism. Now, he had three boxes of liberty. Oh, yeah. The, the cartridge box, <laughs> the ballot box, and the jury box. I would add a fourth one, which is the soapbox. Oh, yeah. Right? Being able to sort of um, express different views. And I think social media can play that role at times, which is why censorship is so um, detrimental is because it, it, it stops us from being able to talk about things and, 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 and share things. But... The other thing that I that I thought of, um, you know, even when you mentioned, you know, the belief in God, um, I'm, I'm sure you all are familiar with Yuri Bezmenov. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. When he gave his talk on ideological subversion, and he got to the end, he says, "Okay, how do you get out of the demoralization, you know, phase?" He gave an answer that I did not expect. He said, "God, mm. faith." You need something that's bigger than yourself. Yes. You need something 
um, that people will actually be willing to die for. Because he said nobody's going to die for two plus two equals four. Mm. But millions of people have died for the things that they really, really, really believe. And I, I thought that was a powerful point. Um, and I didn't expect to hear it from a, you know, ex KGB officer. But I think we're seeing, particularly over the course of the pandemic, that, um, belief, family, you know, friends, all of those things are important because you can have all of the material goods. You can have everything delivered, by, you know, by Uber or, 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 you know, some other service. But if you don't have family, if you don't have friends and you don't have anything to believe in, that's sort of outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's tough. Let's go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, smash the like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Get your Super Chats in. We'll read as many as we can get to. And go to TimCast.com. Become a member. We're going to have a members-only uncensored podcast going up around mm-hmm. 11 or so p.m. But let's read some of these Super Chats. We got Matt V. He says, please get Tom Woods on. Working on it. Author of Nullification and Michael Malice's Mentor. Mm-hmm. Partial joke. Tom Woods, jury nullification? Is that what his nullification book's about? I don't know. No, I don't know. It's just his nullification. So we're going to try and get him on? Yeah, I'm working on it. He's very, very busy, but yes. Very busy guy. What did you say about Michael Malice? I missed that last part. His mentor. Oh, that's Michael Malice's mentor? Yeah. I don't know if that's actually true. I believe it is, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, they've done podcasts together. Really? Yeah, he's great. So he's like Michael Malice, but better. (laughs) So we don't need to invite Michael anymore. (laughs) Oh, I'll let let Michael know. (laughs) Michael is always welcome on this show. We're big fans of Michael Malice. He's, he's, He's... He's one of the best trolls ever, and I look forward to him as as press secretary. This is going to be one of the greatest uh, moments in American history. <laughs> yes. Absolutely, the media deserves it. You know. Oh, mm-hmm. they do, sure do. All right, what is what what is this? Murph says, "Gotta give a super chat for Ian's late night smooth jazz radio host intro. Keep being you, bud." <laughs> okay. Hello. <laughs> Coming to Ryan McCafferty says his name is Luke Rudkowski. Is it? Yeah. Well, the, the last time Luke was here and left, we said the same, we made the same joke. Luke's in a better place. Yeah. <laughs> Florida. Yeah, Florida. <laughs> Never stops yeah, yeah, being yeah. funny. Yeah. All right, let's grab what we it got. It is here. warm there. Bitcoin event, huh? Hmm. Stan says if you're going to the Bitcoin event, look up Anthony Pompliano, the best business show, great crypt and business guy, Miami local. Yes, we've. We, I busy. think we've actually reached out to him before about coming We're on, but he's down. also a super busy guy. Yeah. The, so people need to realize too. It's it's you know. These big podcast hosts, they have their own shows. You know, like Anthony, I'm pretty sure he does does his own show, right? Yeah, oh yeah. So like asking them to, you know, cancel their show to come on ours is just, it's not going to happen. But uh, we're lucky enough that people like Alex Jones are always willing. Mm -hmm. You know, he's fun fun to have around and have a conversation with. Ben D says, my house rep held a town hall call today. And after I asked a question about misappropriated wasted federal spending, my chat function was disabled. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Oh, that's, that's, that's like sitcom level humor, you know? Mm. We got it. We got it. That's a good sketch idea. Crying tears of joy. Mm. Crying tears of joy. (laughs) All right. James Rogers says, guys, we're not going to war. It's not around the corner. It's all media bait. We didn't go to war over the USS Pueblo or Gary Powers. And these were legit acts of war. Troops are forward deployed for MAD deterrence. That's all. Yeah. You know, we'll see for sure. I, I'm just saying I think it's p- possible, but uh, I don't think Biden could handle it. Mm. And, I, and I was reading that he's scared because he'll botch it like Afghanistan. Mm. Yeah. I did see that Britain wants to back the suspension of Russia from the SWIFT payment system. That's something they've been talking about since 2014. That's wild. So they're trying yeah. to do the economic route. I don't yeah. think no one wants a hot war. Yeah, Not, I know. N- most people don't. No. 
Waffle Sensei says, Ian, if Luke is returning to Dagobah because he's Skywalker, does that make Tim, <laughs> Han Solo, Lydia, Leia, and you Chewbacca? Yeah, definitely. Because I approve that message. <laughs> I love you. Thank you. I don't know about any of that stuff, but Ian as Chewbacca, I think, actually yeah, kind yeah, of makes sense. You're not the first, and you won't be the last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what I, how I sound anyway to people who don't understand me. All right. Alex says, no Luke, we nuke. In oh. all serious though, seriousness, though, Kyle Rittenhouse was just on Candace Owens' show. Any chance you could get him on the show? Uh, perhaps. What I said last time is, you know, after he was found not guilty and we all celebrated, congratulations, and we were mm. very great, happy to hear that he was, you know, justice was being served properly. Everybody's, you know, trying to get him on the show. He was on yeah. Tucker, and I was like, well, let's wait until we're a little bit past this, and then we can bring him on and talk politics with his voice on the, like, I don't, I don't like the flavor of the month stuff. Yeah. If we're going to have him on, it's going to be for him to talk about his ideas, his experiences, and what he thinks moving forward. He's very young, As opposed too. to, like, everyone's yeah. Google searching his name, so get him on the show now. Yeah. And I'm not accusing anybody of having done that. It's just what media companies do. You know, I, so I went through it with Occupy Wall Street. After Occupy, I get all this press attention, and then they're like, quick, hire him. And then I was just like, dude, you only want to hire me because there's press that you want to buy. Mm. Like, I don't want to be involved in that, man. All right. Yellow... Cafe says, did Luke leave the show or is he just not present today? If he left, why did he leave? If he's just not present, when will Luke be back? Luke was, was really scared. You know, after, <laughs> with all the security stuff going on, he was, he actually cried. He did. He, yeah. he, uh, and he peed he his did. pants. I gave yeah. him a hug. Right. Um, yeah, that's right. He, <laughs> he was crying. so sad. He was, he was crying <laughs> and he hid in the closet. Yeah, mm. he did. And, uh, uh, he's not here to defend himself or refute <laughs> these, these stuff. accusations. <laughs> so, uh, it's too bad for him. Okay. No, in all seriousness, Luke, uh, has, has always just been our winter friend. He comes when it's when it's when it's colder Snowbird. up north. Yeah, he comes. It's weird because it's still cold here. Yeah, I guess it's way colder up in New <laughs> it's Hampshire. Not as cold. But uh, then he then he hangs out for about Christmas, and then he goes down to Florida. And uh, I think he'll. I think actually Luke will be back in about a week. So um, yeah, we got a big show on the third. Yeah. So and and we'll, but we'll see. But uh, uh, then then Luke will probably just go back. So he'll probably be back just like you know periodically, and then probably once it starts getting cold again around fall, Luke comes back and sits in the chair. But uh, maybe maybe we bring in someone else to fill that uh, that Luke chair, Devoid. and then uh, yeah. you know I don't know. Then maybe that's it for Luke because he doesn't want to be on the show anymore. Oh snap! Sorry, Luke. Luke, Luke wants to be able to go and do whatever he wants, I and then it. come back and join the show whenever he wants. And I'm <laughs> like, for sure, we're always glad to have him because Luke's fantastic. But we're like, why did you take off your targeting system? But it, and he's like, I use the. Then he hears like, you, he's using the force right oh, now. Yeah, yeah. We're like, why did you take off your targeting system, Luke? That's, you're that's, but that's you not here. What, you know? That's not what Ian would say to him. Oh, I just, yeah, yeah. You'd I be just, like, I tell you, use the force. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, though. yeah. Star Wars jokes. James Rogers says, "I have a question for Mr. Squires. My friend is a huge fan of the Blaze. I find it irritatingly based." But you're a man who cares about journalism, so I respect that. My question is, how do you guys vet your stories and sources? Hmm. I'm not sure I'm qualified to answer that question. I mean, I'm a, I'm a contributor. I'm not on the um, sort of the straight news side, so mm. um, I'm not I'm not sure how that happens. I mean, me personally, if if I make any contention or claim um, about something that's factual, I certainly make sure that I check it. You know twice at least uh, so if i make a falsifiable claim you can be pretty certain that i that i know it to be true and i have the evidence to back it up so mm-hmm. i would hope that every everybody else at the blaze does something similar um but i mean i mean i think that's a that's a general criticism for media and journalism in, in today's day and age so. all right blue c says delano just checked out civitas website thank you for your work doing the work to lift people up and educate families yeah, yes sure. what's well, civitas so it's a, um, a company I created 
last early last year. So what I hope to do is be able to work with um, organizations that serve sort of, you know, communities. So help organizations that help people. So that, that's that's part of what I would like to do. So consulting. I mean, when I first started, I had one particular thing in mind. But as we move forward, you know, if there are opportunities to, you know, work with local nonprofits that, you know, trying to help K through 12 kids or return to citizens, you know, ex-offenders, you know, single moms, whoever, promote marriage and family and education. Uh, I'm, I'm all for that. Where can people, is there a website people can check out? Yeah, it's um, Civitas, C-G, C-I-V-I-T-A-S, C-G dot com. Yeah. All right. Debbie Grumman says, I've never heard such exact and complete truth. We are being led by cowards, cowardly media, big tech and government. Mm-hmm. We the people are the brave. Mm. For sure. Oof. All right. David says, I didn't do it. I spent zero days locked in my house. Reminds oh, me yeah. of that uh, that meme where uh, uh, it's the NPC face saying, if you just comply, we'll get our freedoms back. And the person <laughs> says, if you don't comply, you never lose your freedom in the first place. Yeah. And the NPC just gets mad. Yeah. I also tweeted out in the United States, we don't have freedoms. We have freedom. Mm, and this yeah. weird government bull crap, corporate crap, trying to make you think that you can split freedom apart and take pieces of it. That's not how it works. Mm. Yeah. I mean, 2020, we had a kid. You know, we celebrated, you know, another kid's birthday. We went out to restaurants. We went to, I think we went to a wedding, at least one. Mm. We just, you know, lived our life. So, yeah, man. That's one of the reasons we, we, we came out here from the Philly area because I could see how, how bad it was getting. Yeah. And now out here, it's like I haven't even noticed it since we got out Jeez, here. I went for a walk earlier today. The air is so clean. Yeah. yeah. It's nice out here, yeah. Sure. Blue C says, Neil Young told Spotify you can have Joe Rogan or me, not both. I deleted my Neil Young from my list. (laughs) Yeah, I can do without Neil Young, dude. Not not only that, but like all of your stuff's on YouTube anyway. So old. Yeah. Shout out to Crosby, still Nash and Young. I love those guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's, uh, there's the, uh, there's a quote. Let's see. So, um, some people are saying simp is short for simpleton. Simpleton. It's a pimp C reference. Oh. Mm-hmm. And it also has an acronym, which is Sucka's, uh, let me, let me see, where is it? Uh, uh, idolizing mediocre P word. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pimpton so I thought it was an acronym. I just couldn't find it. So Ian was correct. I was wrong. I stand corrected. Oh, wow. Simpleton. Thank you, good sir. Elmer Fudd says, "Wow, Tim, you have a great you have great guests. I look forward to hearing Professor D. Yeah. His ability to access the underlying root of problems is spot on. I learn something from him every time I hear his assessments. The fruit of his message is hope. Woo-hoo. Respect wow. to that. Respect. Wow, wow, very nice. All right, Carl Andrews. Oh man, this is a big one. This is a big story. Last week, a truck carrying a hundred test monkeys for CDC crashed yeah. in Central PA. <laughs> Started out four missing monkeys and changed to three." Please Google TV 10 Danville PA monkeys and check article. Very fishy. The woman's remarks to the news. Mm. Yeah, like the monkeys got away. That's hmm. suspicious. That's no, winter. You know, they won't survive, yeah. to be honest. That's it's like bad. fugitive. Yeah, nothing it's bad could happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> winter. The monkeys fugitive. will just freeze to death. <laughs> That's oh. terrible. Yeah, it's right. sad. It's very sad, but it's 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 true unless you know, figure it out. Cassandra, I got Cassandra texting me some video of her monkey. Oh, <laughs> it's really God. awesome. Yeah. Cass, thank monkeys. you. I love you. All right, let's grab some super chats. There was a really good one I saw. I want to see if I can. Uh... Carrie Carpenter says Howard Stern actually said anyone unvaxxed that gets COVID shouldn't get care from a hospital and should go home and die. Wow. Oof. Yikes, man. Mm. Howard Stern lost it, man. Yeah. 
Big time. Mike Darusha says, Harrison Bergeron, please read it and at least talk about the premise of forced equity. We have. Talk I about think, it all the time. Yeah, I know. We talk about it yeah. several it's, times. It's a short story. <laughs> have you read it before? Great um, short story. It's fascinating. No, yeah. I don't think so. It's like about this guy. It's about a dystopian future where instead of propping up the greatest among us, they, they clip off everybody's wings and mm-hmm. like, so the, the people Sounds that can like sing really well have throat pinchers on. Yeah. Pe- and so yeah. this yeah. guy, shed, people have to it, carry weights. One of the guys like sheds off all of it and is this just this, and you see what society, it's, it's well worth reading. Yeah. Sounds about short, right. Short, yeah, too. it's very short. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Wait, what? Aussie says, without, without that Luke putting up his dukes, it ain't no fluke. It's making me puke. <laughs> Glorious. Thank you for that. Here's a good one. Bobby Bob says, my favorite is that black people can't be racist, but people like Candace Owens are Schrodinger's racist. Mm. Mm. That's a good one. Schrodinger's racist. Yeah. What do you feel about that whole like whiteness and blackness is a thing that's not skin color related? I mean, political whiteness. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, the, these concepts are so, you know, in many ways amorphous that they just get used by whoever wants to use them for whatever purpose they have at the time. So when the National Museum for African American History and Culture came out with this thing about, you know, white culture and whiteness, and it listed the nuclear family and objectivity, I was like, this kind of stuff is trash. It's, it's bad. It's bad sociology. And again, I, I always try to try to reach for something sort of that underlying problem. And I think bad sociology flows out of bad theology. Mm. So when you don't understand the nature of human beings, you're bound to take things that are common across people and ascribe them to whatever characteristic is different in that particular person. So um, I, I think a lot of it is junk. And to your point, once you go from blackness being something about, you know, phenotype and looks and genetic background to political views, then I think, I mean, the ship has sailed altogether. So political blackness, I think, is that concept is nonsense. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, uh, because Luke, who's Polish, they call a person of color mm. and he's, <laughs> he's got blonde hair and blue eyes. But for real, they say Slavic people are people of color because it's political. It's not makes no sense. Yeah. All right. David, with a good point, y'all like assuming things about Truth Social. How about wait till it comes out and see how it's constructed? It's mm-hmm. a very good point. Fair. Just that there's reports coming out. Devin Nunes is saying they want to make it family friendly. And I don't think that's completely wrong. They have to make sure illegal content isn't on the platform and they're going to use that service for it. So we'll, we'll see. Maybe they'll end up doing a, a much better job and maybe we'll all really enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I realize I don't want to slam on it too hard. I'm just pointing out warning signs I see in the beginning, but same, I went through this with Chris Pavlovsky at Rumble. There was a time when I was going hard on when Dave sold uh, locals to Rumble and I could have turned on Rumble and just been like the demon proprietary bad. I don't play, I don't want to play that game because we're all in this together mm. and, and the people that build Truth Social might end up making a fantastic piece of software with it. Same is true for Getter. You know, yeah. when someone said you, you may have, you know, killed Getter, how do you feel? I'm like, not good. Getter might be bad in terms of, you know, like uh, Getter might be worse than Gab in terms of free speech, but they're better than Twitter in terms of free speech. So for all of their faults, it's still an increment in the right direction, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Take what you can get, you know. Here's some praise. E. Jackson says, love Delano, our modern Thomas Sowell. Praying, uh, was it pr- pr- uh, praying God gives him an even bigger platform. Thomas Sowell is still around, though, isn't he? Yeah, he, he is. is. Yeah. He is. Right. Yeah. Be a good show. Have you talked to him? I I have not. When I see comments like that, I think about 
Bill Parcells and what he said about Tony Romo when he first started to get a little bit of shine. He said, put away the anointing oil. So, mm. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just trying to grow where I'm planted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, do your yeah. thing and High yeah, let it come. Though. It is. But Thomas Sowell is appreciate amazing. That. Yeah, of course. Oh, gee, yeah. yeah. Smart fella, man. Yeah. All right. What is this? Jeffo says, have you guys heard of, heard of Quux? It was created by Millie Weaver, who used to work for InfoWars, but is now creating this great device, even better and secure software. I have not. I know nothing of this. Take a look into it, though. Yeah, seems, like, seems like something Ian's... Uh, How do you spell? Q-U-X? Q-U-X. Hmm. Q-U-X. says, last I knew, the people who think they are animals trapped in the wrong bodies were called Therians, as in Therianthrope or animal person. Furries are people who like stuff with anthropomorphic creatures. Humans are boring. Hmm. Uh, yeah, furries dress up like cartoons. Mm-hmm. They yeah. don't. They don't dress up like, like actual animals. animals. Such, like yeah. they're animals, but like cartoon animals. Yeah. yeah. And there was like I was, I was reading an article about it, and like one of the furries was wearing like Mega Man armor. So they were like they were like a wolf Mega Man, I guess. And I'm like, that's clearly not an identity about being an animal. They're like Mega Man, but with a wolf face. Mm. So whatever that oh was. Oh gosh. Hey man, people can do whatever they want. <laughs> Cosplay is fun, you know. Yeah, Wait. it's when they some I saw one being like, but it's when they take their fantasy cosplay and then they want to dictate other people's behavior. Mm-hmm. That's when I take issue with it, like putting the litter box. I don't apparently that didn't happen. The litter box in the bathroom. Yeah, but, I don't know about that. I think that was well, there, wasn't that a, wasn't that a Joe Rogan joke? I don't know. Mm, I've heard one? that one. I did. Maybe hear it that. wasn't Joe, but some comedian said that they went to a uh, they were at a show and they went to a, I think it was Rogan. They went to a hotel That's and the hotel at a furry weird. convention or something. Oh my god! Google it. So there's I, a, I, just, up, yeah. I heard that recently. Yeah. I did hear there was a teacher who got in trouble for not meowing back to a student. No, there's no. I thought way. she got fired, but I'm gonna wow. check that out. I'll that double check that. I'll fact check myself. I don't know, man, but I, I don't know. At this point, I'm willing to believe anything. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, I mean that's a sign of a civilization in decline mm-hmm. when you Yo. can't distinguish between truth and satire. Yeah, so. I gotta tell you, man. All right, here we go. We got a mean one for Ian, but I'm gonna read it. Thanks. Brian says, "Ian is birth control." Get rid of that anti-American hippie, please, and thank you. About to unsubscribe with the others over this anti-red, white, and blue rhetoric. I think that's supposed to be like over-the-top sarcasm, right? I like, am the birth control. No, I mean <laughs> I like the power. point about unsubscribing is just they, they actually like Ian so much they're making the joke that no one would unsubscribe over Ian's. That's what I'm know. picking up there. I think that mm-hmm. guy got triggered by me smacking uh, Truth Social around. Yeah, Sorry, man. So. Some people get really like emotionally attached to the red, white, and blue American nationalism uh, storyline. I'm just, well, no, I just kind of see a bigger picture. I, I'm more than happy to argue with Ian over that kind of stuff. But the issue for this show is we want to get our facts straight and we want to have discordant opinion on the show. We don't yeah. want to be an echo chamber. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, if your concern was like Ian is factually incorrect and is is consistently like that was someone was pointing out, I'd be like, okay, that is an issue, Ian. You got to make sure you read the stuff. And we've had those conversations when like you know talk to Seamus about religion and Seamus has challenged you. That's fine, but like someone having an opinion over something when you're more than willing to you know entertain yeah, a I conversation. Think the way I came at this story was I we saw a little sapling growing and I took a huge mallet and smashed it and was like fascism Whoa. and it's like yo you just acted really extreme to this conversation but you did this I with just, trump the other day i see it growing into this beautiful fascist tree so that's why i brought it up you were like do you think i can't remember exactly what you said but you were like do you think donald trump you know you know really is something like cares about people and then i, I can't remember what the guest was they were like you know i think he's in it for for himself and then you just got really mad you're like trump i knew it he's just doing this and, and i was like, like you're <laughs> assuming that and i was, I was like, like you right. just literally made up a reason that got you really angry you know oh, trump yeah. aside red white and blue aside if this code base for truth social was available free software and all the code was available i would have no problem i'd be mm. so jazzed about this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I have to say, before we move on, it's from January 15th in the post-millennial. Teacher alleges she was fired for not meowing back at student who identifies as a cat. Quote, we no longer need your services if you can't identify with all the children in the classroom, the substitute teacher alleges the school's office said. That's I'm fun. sorry, man. Like, as much as I'd like to believe it, <laughs> I'm going to need to watch a video yeah. or something because that, that's not enough. Yikes. I don't know. All right. Let's see what we got. Austin Walter says, make it illegal to invest 401ks and hedge funds investment outside the U.S. They don't pay taxes on profits. Keep the money invested here. Hmm. Interesting. Well, then maybe com- maybe companies just jump ship, you know? Mm. Yeah. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Tim and guys, when my brother visits, we rock out to IRL. Ooh. He was always based, but now he's more knowledgeable. He mm. likes the long-haired guy, LOL. <laughs> Who, who's that? Who's the, their son? That Ray- Raymond G. Stanley Jr.'s brother. Dude, that's awesome, Raymond. <laughs> Sup, dude? There you go. Eris Roy says, the super chat is for Ian. I started listening to this as a center curious male and really disliking Ian. After he said he did LSD one time and talked to bugs, he promptly <laughs> became my spirit animal. <laughs> yeah, they, dan- they communicate through dance. Oh, amazing. Let yourself come. That was, that Dude, was really... Last he, night? He was like one time I was hanging out with a bunch of bugs and I was on LSD. You want to talk <laughs> yeah. about communication? Last night I was listening to the water drip in my sink. You guys should try this someday. And mm. I think it's whatever the bacteria... You hear it playing a melody like dude or oh, yeah, and you got to chill out on the LSD. and then you sing <laughs> yeah, no LSD. LSD and you what you do is just like with birds when birds chirp if you mimic them back to them they mm-hmm. stop they hear you and then like oh my gosh he's communicating with us really same poorly. with the bacteria in that drain if you start singing back the melody that is dripping mm. it starts dripping with you it'll start playing back to you and like playing with and like communicating with you yeah i don't think that's correct it might I not be the bacteria <laughs> it might just be the water but it seems only like bacteria laden sinks that i hear that oh boy. all right yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Yeah. All right. Uh, Communicating ne- with the non-humans. Nevermore says, hey, Tim, do you have any tales of the inverted world t-shirts planned or on the way? Um, we do now. We we do now. Let's, just let's, said that. let's get some of those shirts and yeah. uh, we'll have them for Tales from the Inverted World. I'm really excited for season two and the new book coming out because, yo, I don't want to – I don't know if I can give away this. I, I think I just got to say it, guys. Like somebody died during the investigation. Like one of the sources. Whoa. Yeah. Some crazy stuff's going on. Wow. Yeah, this is going to be crazy. Wow. Investigating lost Confederate gold. Some people do not want it to be found. I'm excited. It's crazy. I'm like, I can't believe. The stories are so insane that uh, like they're so like we often get people on the website commenting saying, I don't like reading fiction. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Shane, who's the, the, the author, Shane Cashman, has to say, like, this is a true story. Like, it's not fiction. It's right. not fiction. Like, we're investigating this stuff. It's real. And then people are like, no. Like, yes, they're true stories. Crazy stuff. I'm really excited for this. Somebody puked. We get it. Luke's not here. We understand. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keep a bucket handy. Michael Sullivan says, I agree with your point, Tim, but a red, white, and blue theme, truth, truth social, wouldn't exactly clash with the French or Russian flag. Keep it the good work, Tim. Tim Cass, we appreciate you. That's it. Truth social. It's it, yep. It's that a Russian psyop. It. <gasps> yeah, it's Russian. Oh my gosh. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> All right. We got this one from YWB. And it's a bunch of letters. Active duty for 10 years. The forever wars, woke ideology, failed foreign policy, illegal vax mandates, skyrocketing suicide rates, and our corrupt leadership are destroying our military. Mm. We are going to lose a lot of good people in the next war. Mm. Yeah, I was talking to a dude um, maybe about six maybe eight months ago yeah it's been a while now and he was uh it was a guy who he said he was a career military and he was hoping to stay in the military his whole life retire Mm -hmm. 
and he quit. He was like in his, uh, uh, he was an officer. He was in, in his like early thirties, I guess. And he was just saying, it's gone too crazy. Yeah. So he's going to go private. He can't do it. Has this ever happened in the history of American military where people just quit in mass because they disagreed with policy? Uh, not, mm-hmm. not that I could think of. Honestly, maybe, but I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's like we're about to be getting into some some war in Ukraine potentially, or war with China. Yeah. And we have these. You see the women doing the bosom dancing on on TikTok. The army girls. Oh, no. the yeah. viral the video where they're shaking their oh, yeah. their chests. You know, whatever the dances. Oh, like six girls, six <laughs> women. Clip that one for a gif. <laughs> they're they're, wow. they're they're doing it like where they you know slam their chests, and I'm like, it's really great choreography. I'm really, it's great. I wonder if Russia is sitting there being like, oh no, they're gonna be, beat us in the dance off, and then and then <laughs> right. we lose. That's Death how it works. Snoo, snoo? That would know. be cool to get some Russian troops, some American troops to do a dance off. Yeah, I, I, I saw. Um, it might have been on Tucker Carlson where he played. Um, different clips. I can't remember. It, it was on a conservative show where they played the clips from the Russian recruitment ads, the mm-hmm. Chinese recruitment ads, and then the American recruitment ads. Mm-hmm. And for the first two, what you get a sense of is the country saying, sign up to fight for us because we are a country that's worth defending. So the, the point of the ad was about service to country. Our ads were sign up to fight for us because this will be one way that you can self-actualize and pursue your dreams. Mm. So like many things in our country, it was infected with sort of the worst types of narcissism. And it's all about me, 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 me. And I think when you have um, people who are willing to die for their country because they love it that much, and then you have others that think that their country is sort of a cesspool of racism and white supremacy and patriarchy, um, you're not going to be fighting on, on, on an even playing field. You know, the problem I've got right now is I'm willing to die for the ideals that the American Constitution laid out, but mm-hmm. I'm not willing to die for this fascist government. Mm. Mm. Well, that's the thing, man. When we had, when we, people truly believed in this country, they were willing to die for it. Now we're at a point where we know the politicians are corrupt, the corporations are corrupt, and people mm-hmm. are just like, why bother? Yeah. So they, they increased the sign-on bonus, I think, to like $50,000. Recently, from upper upper forty or something like that, so it's they're just they're just that 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 could be inflation, you know what I mean? But I think I don't know how you're going to convince people to want to join into that service. You know? Yeah, and, and 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 to be clear, I don't think no country is perfect. Obviously, you know, what I mean, we're talking about you know Russia and China, and even in in America's history, there was a time when you know when the Tuskegee Airmen were fighting for a country in which they couldn't even get served in mm-hmm. in parts of the South when they came home, but I think most people thought of it, it, it's both the nation and its government and also the people. And we're to the point now where our leaders are constantly telling us that the country that they lead is hopelessly corrupt, racist, and patriarchal. And, <laughs> and that is that is the big difference. Fight for it. Yeah. All right, everybody. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends, go to TimCast.com, be a member for that special members-only segment coming up around 11 or so p.m. is when we publish it. And then I think what we'll do is a, a, a re, we're going to recast Luke. So we need someone who is a, a, a Polish born, Ameri- <laughs> uh, American, uh, immigrate to America, uh, anarchist, and uh, you got to have blonde hair, blue eyes, and uh, you got to say exacerbate and both. Yes. <laughs> and, then, and then we'll have our great Wait. value, Luke Rudkowski. All right. It actually would be, would be really funny for the vlog if we did that. So we should we should put out a call for anybody who looks who 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 can look and act like Luke, and then we'll do a gag where in the vlog we're like, <laughs> "Who's going to be our new Luke Rutkowski? 
All right, everybody. You can follow the show at Timcast IRL, basically everywhere. Follow us on Instagram for clips. You can follow me at Timcast, basically everywhere. Delano, you want to shout anything out? Uh, sure. Um, again, you can check out my writing on The Blaze. Uh, I write columns twice a week and appear twice a week on Fearless with Jason Whitlock. And obviously, plenty of shows to check out on The Blaze for whatever it is that you're looking for. So, um, yeah, you can. F- and then you can follow me on Twitter at Delano, D-E-L-A-N-O, Squires, S-Q-U-I-R-E-S. Great to see you, man. Yeah, likewise. And you guys can follow me at net and check out my socials. Subscribe to me on Minds. You can follow me on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, all that stuff. And uh, Gab, not on my website yet, but I just kicked up my Gab account. And, man, the response on that website is incredible. That is a place where people want to communicate. Mm. It's very apparent from my first week there or my the last week of mine there. So check me out there, and I'll see you soon. Very cool. So what Ian was saying about bacteria in the faucet actually made me think because there is a concept called the music of the spheres, which Hmm. is an ancient scientific idea of there actually being like a music that can be heard in your soul that comes from the planets and all of this interesting stuff. So you guys should definitely check that out. Look it up. I don't know if bacteria are in on it, but that sounds really interesting. Anyway, you guys may follow me on Twitter and minds at Sarah Patchlitz. Man, you know, I'm just thinking now, I'm like, Ian's right, and we're all just the idiots laughing at yeah. him. Yeah, so right? smarter. That's and why I don't like, take anything personally anymore. Ian taps into this powerful network of <laughs> interstellar beyond the veil or whatever. Mm. All right, everybody, we're going to see you over at TimCast.com. So sign up. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. Bye, guys. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.